I literally had to come home today and put my TV back on my wall because I had, uh, for the first time in my life ever, had a repairman come out to the house to do something. I've had this issue for a while now with one of my TVs. I've got a, uh, I think a 65 inch and a, and a, either a 55 or 60, I don't know. Anyway, the, the Vizio TV I have, the bigger one, uh, have some weird issues where if I go from one HDMI input to the other, mm-hmm. it will like, it's almost like this, the software will kind of hard reset itself. Like it acts like it's shutting off, but it doesn't, it just kind of just sits there and powers back on. Hmm. And if I try to go to another, so like if I'm on HDMI two and go to, to one, it will like reboot its internal software without, without powering down. And after, I don't know, about a minute worth of waiting time, it'll be back on the, on the first input I had it on. If I try to swap it again, it'll do it again. It does it like four or five times. And then, I mean, I was dealing with that. It is what it is. I, I'm not too, I'm not a picky guy. Uh, it's under warranty. I just didn't know if I wanted to go through the hassle yet of, um, going through a return possibly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then a couple days ago, it was having a whole another issue where randomly the TV would just shut the fuck off. <laughs> so I'm playing a game. That's pretty much what it was always doing right in the middle of a gameplay, and the TV would just shut off. I did it probably about five or six times before I said, all right, fuck it, warranty time. I called Vizio, and uh, instead of replacing the TV, which, I mean, come on, I paid like over a thousand dollars for this tv so i can understand their their point of doing it this way but they're like yeah we uh it's it's possibly a known issue and we're gonna order the part and we're gonna have a tech come out and install it ourselves. no charge yada 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 it's like cool so there were some stipulations with it that they wanted to know ahead of time they wanted to know if the bottom of the tv was more than five feet off the ground which it wasn't and i think there was also a weight question so I think that was going to determine how many people were they going to send out here. And it's not over five feet off the ground, but it is heavy. But they still only sent one technician. And them, him getting this TV off the wall by himself apparently proved very challenging. I wasn't here. So uh, my wife was here to kind of babysit all the whole situation. And he got it off, uh, but apparently he him he could not get it back on. I think he even got my <laughs> wife to help, which I'm like, oh, just, you know, shouldn't be doing that shit. You know, he should have sent two texts, but whatever. And they could not uh, get it back on. I came back home and did it myself. Uh, and I asked her, I was like, man, was he tired? She was like, no, he was, baby, he was actually smaller than I am. I was like, oh my god, what <laughs> did, did they send a fucking twelve year old kid out to repair this TV? Come on, Vizio, what are you doing? That doesn't Gotta make get sense. some beef. Gotta get some beefcakes like me. <laughs> so yeah, I came. I I told you I was on the way home, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta put this TV up." And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got it up. So a little bit behind, but otherwise on schedule. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Man, uh. I feel like today's I feel like today's reports like for a busy week, but it, I don't know. It really hasn't been for me. 
I think it's the fact that today's topic is what's got me like, oh, man, why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget. Uh, well, before we jump into the, the usual shenanigans, uh, any well actuallys from last week, Chris, that you uh, that you came across? Of course not. Yeah, I, mm, mm, I love that. Of course not. You're welcome, audience. That's what I say to you. Uh, any news articles we want to dance over before we get into the weeks? Uh, I don't think so. I haven't really been yeah, paying I mean, much attention to a whole lot. I think for me, most of the news stuff right now is more trailer stuff, more more screenshots, more tidbits, which most of the games I'm even thinking about pre-ordering, like, uh, I, I'm trying my best to steer clear of all that shit. Uh, I was actually thinking about that today. Uh, I was like, man, I did totally watch a 40-something-plus-minute, 50-something-minute uh, Cyberpunk 2077 trailer, but I think my mental justification for that is two things. One, if this game is as big as it's supposed to be, we're looking at, a, at another two to three hundred hour game. You know, so mm -hmm. an hour of maybe one little side quest, potential main quest spoiler, eh? That's that's not really gonna that's not really gonna kill the game for me. And yeah. two, this game is coming out when Chris in 2039. So <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'll forget most of what I saw when I watched the 2077 trailer. The main thing that I was really paying attention to was the amount of detail. <laughs> you know, looking at the. I was look when the main character was walking through the cityscape. For example, I was mainly concerned with the background characters, the the cars, the buildings, stop signs. Like, what does the environment look like? Like, how they're really, really pushing that this world looks real. Okay, so let me see how real the world is. I kind of, sort of remember some of the details that was going on with the little quest that they were involved in, but. There's, there was so much to pay attention to. I'm already starting to forget what I saw. Now, other games like Devil May Cry stopped. Don't want to see no more. I don't want to yeah. see any more. I don't want to hear any more news. I'm good. And especially uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Sh Shadows. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, Shadows Die. I don't want to see any more of that. And that's a big one for me because, as you know, Chris, and if anybody else and anybody in the audience does not know, you can quote me on this shit, and you can remove my gaming credit if you find me false. The absolute best time you're ever going to have with any From Software, Soulsborne-esque title. That's any of the Demon, the Demon Souls, the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, and probably even this, uh, this one as well. Is going to be your completely blind, very first virgin run. Now... Sekiro already has a couple game gameplay kind of trailers out there. There's lots of news. I mean, people are going to eat this game alive because we want more from software games. But I strongly encourage you, stop watching everything right now. You want these bosses. You want these mechanics. You want everything in this game to be fresh and a surprise. If anything, if you really want to get involved with the game when it comes out, jump on the forums that are going to be, that are probably are, they probably already exist now and get involved with the community. You know, that way you can help either find how to beat bosses or contribute with, contribute to information of how to beat bosses or possibly join up co-op if that option is going to be available. But, 
but yeah, Chris, that that game right there, like I watched that. I watched the one. I think I've seen the E3 reveal, and I may have seen about ten minutes of the newest like gameplay kind of reveal. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I've, I've, all, I've already seen too much. You know that game is going to be about forty to sixty to eighty hours. That's that. That's fine, but I want every boss that i walk into to surprise me i want every oh shit this boss can do this thing i want that to surprise me i want the weapons to surprise me and all that so yeah uh that's all i've really seen for news uh stuff lately it's just a lot of hey man there's more there's more because these games are getting close to coming out i mean what we're we're around six hours away from spider-man being released so that's another one i mean this there there's already gameplay reviews of this uh i think giant bomb just did a uh not really a gameplay footage reveal uh review but just like a round round table discussion of the game and there's gonna be there's gonna be reviews all over the place this game people are already completing this game because they've you know they're big companies or or big uh youtube personalities and they've Mm -hmm. had the game for a while i'm done stop stop showing me (laughs) i get to play (laughs) this game tomorrow i'm i'll just i'll let it hit me in the face yeah i saw that uh i haven't watched it but achievement hunter posted an hour-long video of them playing it oh yeah oh man i can't wait i mean that's uh i guess we can roll into the weeks man i think I guess I, I think, did you start last time? I'm, I'm never going to get this right. I think you did last time. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, go go right ahead, man. The floor is all yours. All right. So it was a bit of an interesting week. Um, to start out simple, played some more Stardew Valley multiplayer. Still Woo-hoo. a little fun game to play. Um, not sure how long I played it because I didn't stream it. So I don't have my hours on hand. Um, I didn't stream all of it, I should say. Um, but yeah. Still fun. Um, I played some more Yakuza 0. Now, I was talking about uh, last week about how I was uh, kind of not really rushing, but, you know, focusing more on the main story and whatnot. Um, Right. That's changed. Um, I've now been sucked into all the side quest stuff and all the other stuff you can do in the game. So... It'll probably be a while till I get to uh, Yakuza Kwame and then Kwame Two, because uh, I know mm-hmm. Kwame. I'm gonna. I was already gonna be slowing down to enjoy more, but yeah. Yakuza Zero, yeah, already has me. I gotta say, man, if you think about it, this is actually a really good thing because you know from what you've told me and from what I've kind of gleamed of the information of uh, Kwame, that's gonna be a longer game. You know, it's going to be lots of side quests, lots of extra shit to do. Now you can times that times two, potentially times three, (laughs) because you've got three games worth of all this extra content. Your your time's good for a bit. I mean, that could be good. That could be good and bad. You know, if you wanted to set aside time to play other stuff. But shoot, the fact that you have three games worth of content. mm, Oh, yeah. Good. And let's see. We recorded on the 30th last time. I'm trying to see how many hours I put into it since then. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, let's see, 9 plus 6, 15, 16 hours more. <sighs> now, you said, that you, you said you're working on good, on good side content. How is this game for you so far, Zero? Like, how how's the story? How's the gameplay? Like, is, is it drawing you in from just the side quest, or is the whole game drawing you in? So, 
the side quests are hit and miss, as in most games. You know, some of them are funner to do than others, or more interesting, you know, in some way or form. You know, there's somewhere it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Others is like, yeah. all right, cool. Um, mechanically, so one of the things about Yakuza games, and I don't know, I can't speak to, you know, the original one through six, but I know that Yakuza 0 and Yakuza Kiwami, the protagonists have styles they use and you switch styles and that determines what moves you have available. Um, Yakuza Kwame 2 apparently does away with that from what I've heard. And I think I would prefer that there not be styles. Um, what I've noticed, and this is something that co carnage actually just mentioned yesterday on a uh, dropped frames when he was talking about the game uh, or talking about Kwame 2 rather. Um, uh, well, he was talking, they were talking about Kwame too, but he mentioned it from the other games. Um, confusing mm-hmm. myself now. So many games. Uh, Understandable. But he, but he was saying, and what I've experienced is that with the styles, I pick one, and that's really all I use. You know, So even yeah. though I have three styles per character, I guess, um, I think I've unlocked three on the second character. I didn't know there were two characters. I didn't realize I hadn't seen the cover. You know, I bought it digitally. Yeah. But yeah, there's two characters on the cover. Go figure. You know. Uh-huh. Uh But yeah, so I picked one on each, basically the fastest one, um, because I prefer you know the quick combat. Uh, or quick combat makes it sound like it ends fights faster. Uh, the faster paced uh, move sets. Um, yeah. Because like there's ones that are heavy, so they're you know, slow, but do more damage per hit. I prefer the quick striking style. Uh, so I can get in and out really quick and, you know, use that uh, quickness to my advantage and try not to die. Um, so I've basically just been using those. And it kind of sucks because there are side quests I can't complete unless I play the other styles. You know, mm-hmm. I have to upgrade them. I have to complete certain side quests with them. And... God. I, I don't really like yeah, that. No, no. <laughs> um, so we don't know nobody. I don't like that in RPGs. Like I don't. If I don't, I'm sorry. I know you put time into making that character, but if I don't like that character, or if I don't like their combat style, I don't want to put them in my party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't make me do that. Yeah, but as far as like main story, it doesn't matter what style you use. This is only particular moments in time, uh, mostly side stuff or unlocking stuff for that side uh, uh, style rather so mm-hmm. you know eventually I'll do it because I want to unlock all the styles uh, but until I get to that point I'll just stick with the quick one you know um, yeah other than that the gameplay is solid um, the game's not very old so it's not like it's you know worrying too much about it uh, being uh, still acceptable, you know. Um, it looks decent. Um, the cutscenes, of course, look good uh, and still hold up, no issue. Like I said, I don't think the game's very old. Um, I'd have to actually look it up. But, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of anything else that I really don't like about the systems. Um, <coughs> but nothing necessarily comes to mind. Uh, who do you think 
if you were would would you say that this game is recommendable right now? Oh, yeah. Where you are in the game anyway. Who yeah. would you recommend this kind of game to? Like if um, what 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 audience would enjoy this kind of game? You know, that's that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of what to classify this game as. Um, it is an RPG. It's with a beat 'em up what? style. Maybe the maybe Grand Theft Auto audience. Was, I mean, would that be close? I, I I feel like Grand Theft Auto would be close, with the exception of you don't. Well, I, I don't know. Do you drive around in cars in in, in, in no. all this game that you see? Okay. No, the Yakuza hmm. games are all from what I've seen entirely on foot. Um, you can use taxis, but that's you know, fade to black and reappear where you need to go. Um, yeah, because you're. The story takes place essentially in a city. Um, whether you're in one city or another, you have a section of the city that's your area, you know, that you're progressing through the story in. Um, yeah. So you don't have a lot of ground to cover, um, <laughs> but you have enough that you run everywhere. Uh, apparently in the older games, you couldn't run, and it took forever to get places. Mm. So... Now you sprint. <laughs> well, you run, and then you can sprint as well, but you have a kind of stamina thing for sprinting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in general, if you think you'd recommend the game, that's still good enough for me, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. Um, like, like I said, for an audience, I'm not entirely sure. Because um, it takes, you know, elements from this and that. Uh, I think probably the heaviest... Uh, genre, so to speak, would probably be beat 'em up because uh, your combat is essentially all melee. Um, there are some ranged weapons, but you're primarily going to use melee. Um, whether that's your fists, you know, your body primarily, or mm -hmm. you use weapons, you know, swords, daggers, uh, whatever. You know, there's tons of different weapons in the game. Um, but I would recommend it. It's got a good story, and the next games just get better from everything I've seen. Cool. So, now we can move on to the uh, weekly segment for Destiny 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, I need to find an audio clip and just... Yeah. So, uh... The Forsaken DLC, DLC dropped, and man, um, with it... Man, my, my fingers are crossed, man. I'm hoping to hear something good. <laughs> yeah, so with it came a lot of changes. Um, some UI changes. Um, the weapon changes hit last week, but really are felt this week because the new weapons are dropping and whatnot. Um, mm hmm just focusing on UI changes for a moment, the they added two new tabs to the uh, menu, uh, one for collections and one for triumphs. Um, collections, it's really interesting that they put it here um, because you can actually take weapons out. Before, you used to have to go to the tower to reacquire a weapon in your collection, but mm -hmm. now you can do it anywhere. 
from what I've seen. I don't know if it has to be orbit. I haven't tried while on a planet, but I was just looking at stuff and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, push the button to uh, get this, take this. Um, it functions <clears throat> similar to how it did in the tower before. Uh, it does look a lot better um, as far as the screen goes. In the, in the tower, the collections were essentially just a bunch of icons on the screen and mm -hmm. you hover it over, you know, to look at the details of the weapon and you had a few different pages, you know, this I'm going to show exotic weapons and armor and stuff. Now you have more of a, um, at one point in time, in destiny one, there were these books. Uh, they did books for triumphs. They did books for various things. Um, that's essentially back at least the way it looks. So, like, if I go to collections, it's divided into six subsections. So, I've got exotics, which are, you know, anything exotic. Weapons, armor, ghost shells, vehicles, and flare. Um, flare being emblems and, uh, what you call it, uh, shaders. Mm -hmm. um, so, Right off the bat, someone who hasn't played uh, this yet or is probably going or doesn't know about the update is probably going, well, exotics, that's what your collection was. Collections are now everything. Everything that can drop in the game will show up in the collection. So whether that's blue rarity, purple, or exotic, they all show up now. And you can you can reacquire ones that don't have random rolls. Um, which is an interesting choice. Um, I'm not, I'm not entirely a fan of it. Um, I'm actually scrolling through menus now to, uh, check a couple of things. The, the thing with the random rolls is in Destiny 1, they existed and you could still get stuff out of a collection that had random rolls. It was just always a certain role, um, which isn't bad, you know. If you want the weapon, regardless of roles, why not be able to take it out? Yeah. Um, so I don't really understand the point, but for the essentially year one gear or weapons, you can take all of them out. Um, and it's pretty cheap to do so in comparison to upgrading them. So, like, I have my Nameless Midnight, uh, which, of course, was, like, three is 379 But if I take it out of my vault, or out of the collections, rather, it's going to be $480 um, because I'm high enough now. I'm 498 light. Uh, so, it's better for me to take it out because it only costs a few shards and some glimmer to take it out. Um, right, makes sense. But yeah, so these collections are nice so you can see what you don't have um especially with the uh armor and whatnot and actually on the armor shows you by set and by source so it's like okay well i know these all come from crucible these are crucible sets um i think as long as you have one piece of a set it shows up um or no not even for these in particular uh, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't hide anything. 
but like I can see right now the Iron Banner gear for the next Iron Banner that hasn't started yet. Um, and so that's pretty cool. Uh, the other tab that's interesting are the other, uh, well, new page to the menu, I should say, are the Triumphs. Um, this also is not a stranger to the menu. Uh, this was added in Destiny 1. Um, it was that book form, so they kind of used it for both. Um, but on Triumphs, I actually changed it up, so it's not books, but they're divided into categories as well. Um, so, you, like, you have account-specific Triumphs um, for, like, you know, leveling a class to the maximum level, uh, unlocking all the subclasses. All these mm -hmm. things now reward a score, a triumph score, which is similar to the Destiny 1 score that was in place. Um, there is a little bit of controversy um, about this particular section because there is one <laughs> that for whatever reason, um, and it's not worth any points, but there is a triumph for owning the limited edition version of Destiny 2. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. So it's like, okay, you can't earn this in game, but it's considered a triumph, you know, and it's really, like it's right next to, you know, complete the campaign in Destiny 1, you know, participate in the Destiny 2 beta beta test. Um, all these are worth zero points, but it's not the it doesn't matter, you know. When I'm looking at this Moments of Triumph page, or these pages, because there's two of them, I am at 18 out of 19 complete because I don't own a limited edition version. I mm. do own the uh, deluxe versions, you know, that came with the season pass and whatnot, but that's not, you know, the version that counts. It's like a $100 version or something like that. So my $80 yeah. version isn't good enough. Um, and it also doesn't help that people that actually own it also aren't getting credited for it, so it's bugged right now. Um, but I'm hoping they'll just eventually take it off completely because it's not something you can earn in-game. Um, <laughs> they'd be getting a lot more flack if it's worth points, uh, but right. people still aren't happy about it. Uh, There's a huge thread over on Reddit when I was taking a look at it um, yesterday. But aside from that, the new Triumphs layout is nice. You can go in and it will kind of, it will tell you how many Triumphs there are, but it won't spoil anything. So okay. like until I completed the story, there were a bunch of question marks on the page for the DLC zone, you know, because it wasn't going to uh, tell me all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were there, but it was just, you know, like location-based. Like, go do the uh, Lost Sectors, which isn't anything hidden. They're marked on the map, and they're not story-related, necessarily. Um, so, not a big deal. Um, I mean, I I saw... I, so, I did beat the game earlier, and I'll talk about that uh, once I saw, talk about, you know, some of the changes they've made. But uh, I still have a thing that's all question marks, and it's 0 out of 65. Okay, so there's 65. I don't even know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I bet it's probably going to be whatever the raid area is. It's going to unlock that one. Um, but it's, yeah. So they're really good about not spoiling things. 
Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Is there anything else UI related? I don't think so. Um, they kind of changed up some systems. So you gain, and this is, some people aren't, aren't happy about it. I'm okay with it. Um, the caveat being that you don't unlock some of the stuff until you beat the game. Um, so you don't really see it, how it works completely until then. You just have a idea of how it does or how it works. Um, so on the map, on the director rather, um, in year one, you press the trigger button and you see all your milestones. Those are only there now if there's something story-related for you to do. Hmm. Um, which some people aren't happy about. I'm okay with it. Um, in a sense, I understand those that complain about it, though, because it's nice to have everything in one spot that you're you know, trying to do. But instead, they are placed basically in the inventory um, under a pursuits tab, uh, which are essentially your weekly objectives. Uh, you know, it's not any different than the old bounty system from Destiny 1, and they had put bounties into Destiny 2 with the last DLC, I think, or it was after the last DLC. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Um, I'm fine with it either way. Uh, they do need to tweak it so you can track more than one at a time. Um, in Destiny 1, it was three at a time, which is good, you know, especially like if you're in Crucible and you have, okay, I need kills with this subclass. I need kills with this type of weapon and I need to win matches. You know, I can track all three of those at once, hit the back button and see the progress on all three at once. Now yeah. you can only track one. Again, not, not a super big deal, but a small change they can make to make it a little bit um, better for us. Yeah. Um, the, let's see. I think that's, about it for UI changes and stuff. Um, new weapons, the bows. Um, I love shooting a bow. Uh, really? This weapon feels good to fire. Um, it is a bit slow considering the pace of the game. It is a gun game, so using a bow. Um, it, <laughs> it certainly has moments where you go, I should not be using a bow. But that's no different than any other weapon, you know. Mm, There's yeah. a time and place for a shotgun and a time and place for a sniper rifle. Right, um, right. I bow. was, you know, I was just having a conversation just like this yesterday with somebody. We were uh, d- discussing uh, Call of Duty versus uh, Battlefield. Got off on one of those kicks. <laughs> and I was like, well, think about it, man. If you're in Call of Duty and he was, their argument for against Battlefield was that the vehicles, they just couldn't stand vehicles. And I, and I can hear some of our friends that me and you play with Chris saying the same thing, like vehicles mm-hmm. just ruin everything. And I'm like, man, you don't understand <laughs> when you come from an area, a game that just has uh, a few vehicles in it. Those vehicles come in, they are there to devastate and you're very, very limited to the interaction you can have with them. Uh, but when you go to bat- when you go to battlefield, there's vehicles everywhere, and you have lots of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 you get a uh, uh, a bomb a bomber that comes in and just waylays people, if I'm that guy that has a rocket launcher, I can 
try my best to take that thing out before it does too much damage. But typically, you and all the other five players you're with are like, oh, man, fucking vehicles in the area. No. Well, if I'm playing Battlefield, if I'm on foot and you're in a tank, I'm not scared of you because I can get around you. And if I have the right class and even the right weapon or just the right tool, your tank can get done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or at a minimum, I will get your ass out of there. So yeah, same, kind of the same mentality, man. That you don't, there are a lot of times where you're not seeing the right, you will have weapons that you're like, yeah, I should not be having this right now. But depending on the situation you're given, they are perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very satisfying. Um, I think they did it very well. Uh, the bow is essentially a talking about PVE for a moment against, you know, fodder. It's a one hit kill headshot and even body shot on some of the enemies with the particular bow they start you with. Um, cause they actually give you one very early on in the DLC. They're like, Hey, here play with the new weapon. And I'm like, all right. Um, there's a new upgrade system on weapons. I didn't even talk about that. Um, and this is something I didn't realize was going to be there. Because normally with weapons, it's just upgrade the light, and that's it. Um, and then later on, they added, okay, masterwork weapons, and they get a bonus, you know, and that's it. And now, it is much... I don't know if I'd say much easier. It depends on perspective. But to me, it feels a little bit more satisfying. Because mm-hmm. now, instead of just going weapon masterwork, you now have 10 levels a weapon can go up. And at the 10th level, it becomes masterwork, just like you knew it before the DLC dropped. Um, and I don't know, it, it just, and as you level it up, stats increase. So like, as I leveled up my bow, which I probably shouldn't have done it, but because I'm, you know, I'll get another one and it'll be better. But so far, I haven't gotten another one. I was killed by another one in PvP already. So I know mm. it's not you know, too difficult to get, I guess, at this point. Uh, yeah. But um, what I'm really waiting for is the exotic bow, because I know that exists. They showed it off in one of the trailers. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to it. But the bow I have now, uh, one of the options on it, and the one it defaults to, is explosive heads. So I shoot the enemy, and the shot may not kill them, but the explosion afterwards will. Um, so oh, very nice. similar to Nameless Midnight, and it's, you know, uh, explosive rounds. Um, yeah, so the bow, um, against fodder, essentially one shots, uh, a headshot on any fodder, uh, if it doesn't kill it on a headshot or it, let me back up a step. Um, for everything, it'll kill with a headshot. If you hit a body shot and explodes, it'll usually kill it. There are a couple enemies that are a little bit too tough. Um, but I don't think you get anything that will survive a headshot with the bow that's not yellow bar. Um, and then yellow bars have various difficulties. You know, some go down in two bow shots to the head. Some, you know, are the actual shielded and stronger enemies. You're probably not going to want to use a bow on them. Um, yeah. So damage output feels good. And crucible, two headshots with it will kill. Um, and that's a lot of time in the crucible. It is a very tough weapon to use however if you're quick enough um it can be viable uh especially right now it's kind of funny getting in bow duels with people um (laughs) ducking around corners trying to you know shoot each other with a bow 
I don't care if I lose those. I've had so much fun doing it. Um, I mean, of course, I prefer to win, but when I lose, yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, you got the best of me, you know? Oh, so, such enough. a good thing to hear, man. Uh, so it's a very satisfying weapon. And as I'm using it more and more, um, the way the weapon works, being a bow, surprise, surprise, you draw back the string and release and fire, right? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the way the work bow, the bow works here is when you draw it back, it takes it a moment, and there are actually lights on the bow that indicate this. It kind of charges up your shot, and if you release it before the lights turn green, it'll go, but it'll arc downwards. Um, so essentially, you know, and if you have no power behind you, just tap the button, it'll just kind of flop in front of you onto the ground, uh, <laughs> which is actually useful if you're against, like, thralls that are coming at you and are in melee range anyway. You can sit there and spam the bow and hit them, and you won't do as much damage because it's not a charged shot, but between just the damage from it and the explosion, it'll massacre thralls. Um, so it's got a little bit of close range uh, prospect, uh, usefulness. The uh, It really suffers in that just out of melee range to not quite mid-range is where it suffers because enemies are so close to that point and they're typically going to get some good shots on you before you can get the weapon off. But right, uh, right. once you charge it, it's almost like a sniper rifle at times. It has, I have not seen a uh, distance maximum on it. Um, yeah. I'll aim across the map at, you know, a sniping enemy in PVE and I can get a headshot as long as I lined it up. Um, the aiming on it is very solid to aim assist. Um, I have the accuracies maxed out because of the upgrades. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that gives me better aim assist by default. Um, but the aiming feels good. And what I didn't realize uh, would be so helpful is the actual feedback on the controller. Because as you pull back the string, it vibrates. And it vibrates a certain way when it's charged enough to let go. So you mm-hmm. don't have to watch the green lights on it. You can feel with your hands, it's ready to fire. And as soon as you get feel that vib- certain vibration, you let it go, boom. You know, you've got your charge-up nice. shot. Nice. So very nice. satisfying to play with. Um, adding something like a bow to a gun game can be rough, but uh, I think they did it very well. Um, and I got I got to say, man, just the statement you made earlier about because man, I totally relate. It's when you get into those good fights, those good one-on-one battles. Even when you lose, it's more like, oh man, and not a man fuck. Because it's the fucking result doesn't even matter. Some of the best fights I've ever been in, be it Call of Duty, Halo, Battlefield, it doesn't matter. Is when the fucking one-on-one session, aside, you know, sniping aside, mm-hmm. lasts more than like a minute like you and this person are using weapons terrain uh ammo pickups everything and you're like i can't fucking kill this guy and he's on the other end going i can't kill this guy and you actually have a fucking fight (laughs) i love that and it sounds like that's what you got from the from these bow one-on-one fights and that is awesome yep um the so each subclass got a new uh what do they call them? Tree, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. 
a new a new super. That's the right terminology. Each subclass got a new super. Um, and to unlock it, you have to unlock the tree it's in, uh, which isn't anything new. Um, I'm not entirely sure yet how to unlock for the other classes or for another subclass after the first. It kind of walks you through um, the first one. It's like, all right, you need to collect these items, and they drop from almost literally every enemy you kill. Um, and once you get enough, it and it's not a physical item in your inventory. It's just a little basically progress bar they give you uh, on the uh, uh, navigator, whatever I said it was, director. Um, and once you do that, you get essentially an item that will let you pick whatever subclass you want to do. Like I was playing the arc hunter subclass up to that point, but it gave me the item. So I went over to void and unlocked it. So even though I, you know, earned all the items on arc, I wasn't locked into that. Um, so it was nice to be able to pick what I wanted, um, which I may have done a little hastily, um, but arc didn't look great to me based on what I read in the little tooltip. I've seen almost none of these in action, aside from what killed me in Crucible. <laughs> so um, it was basically just reading. Um, and I didn't even check Gunslinger. I didn't check the uh, Solar one. I might have gotten it. Uh, but I'm happy with the Void one. Um, and once you unlock it, as you use Void uh, abilities and Super, uh, it unlocks the little uh, nodes that are part of that tree. So you unlock the super from the start and then you unlock the other, you know, little side abilities. Uh, like on the void one, the new super or uh, spectral blades. So you basically get uh, two knives and you can go invisible. Uh, the one, the first one you unlock is your smoke bomb. Uh, and it does uh, damage over time. I mean, just like it did before. Um, the third one it unlocks is uh, getting precision kills while you're crouched. Give a bunch of different boosts like invisibility, true sight, which I never even heard the term in this game before. I'm assuming that means you see invisible enemies, um, which would be very interesting in Crucible uh, against other hunters that are using the... Uh, the um, the subclass that'll let you dodge and become invisible. So now you have a way to counter that. Um, don't think it has much of a role in PVE. I think that's purely a PVP thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, so each of these have their little tree. Um, I haven't looked into the others. That's just an example. Uh, nothing crazy out there. Uh, I... I'm a little curious if Hunter kind of got screwed on these um, because everything I read leading up to the release was that um, the new Supers were ridiculously overpowered. Um, based on what I've seen of, just for example, the one I have unlocked, my uh, Void, um, essentially Void Blade Dancer, it's just like the arc, you know, super. I don't really see it being any stronger, which, don't get me wrong, the arc super is really strong. Um, but I don't see it as being super strong or ridiculously strong. Um, mm -hmm. So, 
Maybe Hunter got the shaft. I don't know yet. Um, when I play my Titan or Warlock, I'll get a better feel for that. Um, let's see. I think that's all the changes. So, story. This is where I had the most concern. Because as I talked about before, as they showed in the trailers, um, one of the main characters, Cade, dies. Um, and they've said in interviews, he doesn't come back ever. He is literally dead, dead. Because um, originally people saw him and they're like, okay, yeah, he dies. But then he comes back, you know, because that's the way Destiny works. You have the light and he revives and, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's like, yeah, he's he's gone. He's dead. Um, and when I saw that, I became very concerned about what they would do to make up for that because Cade is one of the best characters in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Funniest lines um, and very good support character. Um, and one of the three main support characters uh, throughout the entire uh, Destiny uh, story. So going into the DLC... They start you out with essentially what you see in the trailers. So um, nothing new there. Um, the cutscenes for this game are very good. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. something that's been pretty consistent is when they have cutscenes, they look good. Um, another thing they've done here as well that they did before was from time to time, you see things that are going on with your enemy, with the, you know, big bad guy, without you being there. Um, they did this with the, from the launch of Destiny 2, uh, showing you uh, stuff that's going on with the Cabal leader while you're nowhere near him. You know, you have no way of knowing, but you get that little bit of a uh, look into it. Um, and it, it adds a lot to it. Um because you're getting to see what's going on before you get there. It's not <laughs> it's not the typical RPG. Oh, the good guy got here right as I was doing my bad guy stuff. You know, I was just sitting around waiting for him before I did whatever I was going to do. Um, it's, not, it's not how it works. Um, people don't just stop uh, when you're not looking. So uh, the cutscenes are good. Having that look in is good. Um, I did beat it today. Um, I, I don't know that the, I don't know that the payoff was worth it from what I've seen so far. I do think that maybe, uh, maybe I need to see what story related stuff the raid will have, um, I also haven't finished unlocking everything I can. I have a side quest I just got for after beating the game uh, or being the story to, you know, progress. Um, and that may be the other zone I was talking about. There's all question marks for me now. I mean, I'll have to wait yeah. till the raid. Uh, but I don't know. Um, overall, I'm happy with the story, but I still don't know if what we have so far was worth Kay dying. Um, mm. 
they do they do give you a lot of those moments with the character uh, with the how do I put this the emotional aspect of it is there a lot of times um, part way through I say part way um, near the beginning of the DLC story you kind of get a bunch of different objectives you can go to at once um, and this is something that was touted as being you know having more choice in what you're doing you kind of do kind of don't because um, you have you know these six objectives on your map you can either do them in any order you want sure but there's an order based on light or power level so yeah you're going to go in order from weakest to strongest um, typically Um, and even if you don't you're not really getting a different experience if that makes sense because Mm -hmm. you're still killing these same or still doing these same six objectives so what order doesn't really matter. It's not like doing this objective, you don't have to do the other ones. Or doing this one unlocks new ones, you know. They all lead to the same place. Um, so I don't think that was something that should have even been brought up as being a thing. Because it's not really a thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, without getting into spoilers... The ending of the story was, so there's a twist in the story uh, near the end that I thought was very interesting. Um, I was curious as to what impact it would have, you know, wrapping up the story. Um, And then after that, uh, the final boss fight has interesting mechanics and, um, I, I like the fight itself. Uh, the whole story, and I don't know if this is just because I was already higher level, you know, I'm not a new player coming in or even an old player coming in at a lower level. Uh, I did stop and do Crucible for a bit, so I gained a few levels that way. Um, mm-hmm. But the story felt easy um, on almost every fight. There was one, I think I had one fight where I actually died on. And, but aside from that one, I think I only had one other fight where I was close to dying. Um, the final boss fight, I got low health like once or twice, but I had no issue, you know, getting away and healing. So I didn't feel challenged at all. Uh, the, the original Destiny 2 story at release, it was a bit more challenging. Of course, that was because we were coming in fresh, you know, as well. So unless you did some grinding and crucible or something to hit those higher levels. Uh, you, depending on your subclass and, uh, loadout, you're going to have a moderate time with the boss. Um, this mm-hmm. one, I didn't really feel that. Um, I just kind of went in and used my heavy weapon and, <laughs> uh, murdered a bunch of stuff. Even my bow <laughs> was pretty effective. Um, which for most bosses, you don't want to use a bow. Um, because it just does so little damage. It's a slow rate of fire. You know, it's meant for get right. in a good shot, get it out of the way, rinse and repeat. Doesn't jive well with bosses in general. Final boss of this one it was okay. Um, using my heavy was still more effective, but once I ran out of ammo, I used my bow almost as much as I did my secondary. Um, hmm. 
which I don't know. Secondary has felt weird. I don't because I'm kind of using weapons in my secondary as I get them. Um, I haven't really upgraded one of my old weapons yet uh, to use in the secondary slot. Uh, I don't have, you know, my familiar PVP uh, assault rifle that I used on a lot of content, even outside of PVP. Um, and I had a assault rifle that felt really good early on. It was a blue, um, so I couldn't even upgrade it. Um, and eventually I had to let go of it, but it was a really good one. It had Rampage on it, which Rampage... As you get kills, you do more damage. Uh, so it's great in PvE uh, against the uh, hordes of enemies. I would just mow them down. Uh, felt satisfying to fire it too. It was a good feeling weapon. Uh, I look forward to getting a purple version of it that I can actually level. Um, but yeah, so difficulty of the DLC seems a bit low. Especially with the soft cap apparently being 500 uh, for the DLC. I don't know what the cap is going to be. I thought, I saw someone say it was 600. Um, a 200 light jump is a bit much. Um, so I'm not sure if that means, you know, 500 now, the raid drops, it'll be 550 or something like that. I don't know, but I'm 498 now. I'm almost essentially to the cap, the soft cap. Um, which I don't know, I don't know yet how drops are working, um, as far as when I should expect to peter out on the, uh, being an upgrade just off every drop I get. Um, I have had a couple that dropped at 500 and that's it, even though I'm 498 now, but I also hmm. had drops from my crucible that when I was roughly... For, I think it was like 430 light, they dropped at 503, um, which is such a random number and a number that was also, I saw someone else mention on Reddit. So I think that's just kind of a uh, benchmark at that point uh, for what they'll drop at. So I expect the rewards from Crucible at least are going to drop a little bit higher. Uh, maybe we can get away from not being able to, you know, improve other than the powerful engrams, um, which I've been, I think I've gotten one of so far just because I didn't want the icon there bugging me. and I'm already pretty high, um, but I'll see once I start getting to the powerful engrams. Most of those unlock after the game, uh, after you've beat the game. Um, so now I have four other objectives I can complete weekly. I'm assuming weekly for the powerful engrams. Um, but yeah, so story overall, good, but I'm not yet sure if it was worth it. Um, bit anticlimactic at the end, despite the twist. Uh, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's okay to want more, man. I'm telling you. It's, it's especially okay to want more when... A high profile, even if it's not a main, the, the main character, when a high profile character is killed off, you gotta, you gotta come back with something good. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that more good yeah. added to it, you know? And, and I do want more. I felt like this was a very short DLC. Not that, you know, Destiny is known for its long stories. Um, I put in nine hours of play so far. Um, I didn't play it all yesterday, but between, uh, 
Tuesday and a little bit today. I got nine hours in and probably uh, two hours of that was Crucible. So roughly seven hours, which is about right for a Destiny DLC. But for the opening DLC of year two with such a big uh, plot development, they probably should have added some more interaction in between. Um, you don't... There aren't a whole lot of objectives for the story as it goes, other than, you know, kill things, which, yes, it's a gun game, yes, it's Destiny, yes, you're killing things all the time, but normally it's like, okay, kill things to get to this place and do these things. Um, You know, killing is kind of a secondary objective. Killing is essentially the primary objective, Um, which, again, isn't necessarily bad when you're trying to get your revenge, you know, essentially, uh, are wanting to go kill everything because of, you know, K dying makes sense, but it's still, it's very short. Um, and I do wish there was more because what there was, was pretty good. It just wasn't enough and didn't end for me in a very good way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I look forward to this area I haven't unlocked yet and to see what they do with the raid. Um, I'm Like I mentioned, the uh, boss mechanic for the end. There were a lot of boss mechanics. Some of them were similar to mechanics that have been used before. Uh, the final boss also wasn't anything really unique, but the way it was executed was done well, and the area leading up to the final boss was very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was unique enough, um, won't say entirely unique, but it was unique enough to when I entered it, I was like, oh, this is neat. What is going on here? You know? Uh, so yeah. So overall I'm, I would say I'm tentatively satisfied for now, uh, with the DLC. Satisfied, but they could have done better. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, like it's it's good that you feel like you got at least most of your money's worth out of it. But when you know that there's th- this is destiny, you know, this is not some fourth rate game by now. Like this is a big deal. And I, I kind of feel like you feel they should have put some more more work into it, basically. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, why it's a tentatively this new zone I unlock the raid. They may add enough to where I go, okay, I'm good now. But until then, yeah. it stays at a nice tentative. That's it for my week. All right. Well, this week, uh, so let's get the real world stuff out of the way. It's been kind <laughs> of a, kind of a wet fart of a week for lack of a better phrase uh, there was a there was a tropical storm that went into a category 1 hurricane back down to a uh so i don't know the actual mile per hour i'm going to say it's 70 or 75 that changes it from a tropical storm to a, a hurricane a cat 1 hurricane and this storm just kept bouncing in between there. Like, it'd be 60 yeah. one day, it'd be 75 to 80 the next day, back down to 65, back up, like, back and forth, back and forth. So, um, for a frame of reference, I live very far south in the United States of America. Um, I'm probably, if I had to calculate it, 
where my house stands, I'm probably 11 miles away from the coastline. Uh, that's I've pretty much lived down here my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been through hurricanes, uh, several categories worth. Almost I've ha- I've been through every single category of a hurricane where I've lived, including Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tell you now that I indefinitely this is this is me now. It's this is not this is me speaking from personal experience. Uh, category one and an or a two hurricane they don't really bother me at all. Yeah, it would take. It would take the eye of that hurricane to be coming fairly close to me, like very up my fucking road or up my alley for me to be concerned. Mm-hmm. Threes, I kind of get, I kind of really get in a planning mode because, you know, a three, it doesn't have to be too far away to really fuck you up. A four, yeah. If it's a five, yeah, I'm going. Now, now I'm going. But, uh, in any event, we had a little tropical storm that came through here, and, and the the cone of uncertainty, yada yada, was pretty much coming straight for our county, almost to our city. And uh, my wife went into work that day. She works at a hospital here, so there comes a point where she's basically she basically goes on lockdown when she's at work, and it's like you know she'll be home whenever she gets home because you know they're going to be handling all the medical uh, emergencies that come through, and they just yeah. they they can't go. And she called me probably around ten thirty ish that night. I was like, "Yeah, we're 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 all locked down, and uh, my work's done for the night. I'm gonna go. You know, I got a room here, so I'm gonna go take a bath and go to sleep." I was like, "Yeah, I'm about to go to sleep too." Uh, I've heard wind like a couple times. Haven't heard any rain at all. So uh, here we go. And I woke up the next morning at f- around five fifteen, and actually had to step outside to see if anything happened mm-hmm. and it didn't like this thing was like four or five counties north of me by that point it barely barely looked like it had rained outside i mean it was just a it was a nothing um and the fact that i work on base like any military base and they have something like this go down i mean the whole base goes into prep mode yeah uh, you know they're moving equipment. They're locking everything down. They're they're you know letting people know where shelters are. They're they're renting shelters. All this stuff. So I was involved in all that for my work center, and it was all for nothing. It's good prep. It's good. That, it's good that we got it taken care of. But again, this thing just went just went right by us and didn't yeah. do anything. There there is a local city or two that got a lot of rain, but I I'd have to go back and look at the news to see if they even had any severe flooding or anything. That's how how little this thing was uh it did give me a little bit of time off though so i mean i'll take that shit anytime (laughs) i can get it oh yeah uh non-gaming related i did watch (laughs) for no reason honestly for no reason at all i watched uh jurassic world the what was the newest title the the shining razor Uh, (laughs) i should know this uh, Jurassic World, the new ev- new evolution. Or, I say there was well, a, Jurassic the World, Fallen Kingdom. Good oh, God! Yeah. <laughs> I think a level evolution was the game. <laughs> yeah. So, full disclosure, Jurassic Park is my absolute favorite movie of all time. It's it was one of my childhood movies. Uh, I mean, right up there with the Goonies. I've seen the Goonies like. 70 80 times i grew up with the goonies that was my i told people for the longest time the goonies was my babysitter same thing with jurassic (laughs) park uh in my early early teenage years i love that movie 
I don't really care for the second one of the like I don't really care for the other ones honestly they're okay and it's cool to see the dinosaurs on screen but as far as movies movies I mean Jurassic Park the Lost World pissed me off the most because this this had the same guys this is fucking simple solution or equation that predator had you take dinosaurs you pull them out of the jungle you put them in a city hell yes that's awesome that that's what you need you need that that crazy chaos same thing i thought when i with the predator 2 came out long time ago i was like yeah you pull the predator out of the freaking you put him in a, you put him in a city awesome and neither one of those movies panned out the way i wanted them to I would say I would probably go back and watch The Predator 2 before I watch Lost World again, <laughs> just because I like The Predator. But in, in any event, uh, I think my wife and I went and saw Jurassic, Por- uh, Jurassic World in theaters, and both of us were fairly unimpressed. I did not watch this with any hope that it was going to be better. I kind of felt the garbage tear from the trailers. I simply watched it just to, just to get a negative opinion of it, and that's exactly what I got. <laughs> it had some promising things here and there, but, man, how the mighty have fallen when it comes mm-hmm. to Jurassic Park. I mean, I, I could watch this entire series and do a book report on how this whole series went downhill. Um and this is completely aside from the books. Okay, I've listened to the audiobooks. No, so I said listen, I haven't read them. I've listened to the audiobooks. I know that they are much the book the the uh books are way better. That's typically how it is anyway. I can still watch Jurassic Park as it is and love that movie. But when I watch these other ones, especially this last one, it's like, man, they really 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 want to cash in on the hey you remember you remember t-rexes right yeah you remember raptors right you remember that big freaking megalodon type uh underwater monster from the last one right and it's 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 just it's a it's just something that most movies are doing these days they're cashing in on the i know that moments Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff just didn't make sense i mean i was I, the guy who doesn't t- who watches other people do it but don't do it himself, found myself picking apart this movie as I was watching it. Like this doesn't make sense. That's not in line. How- you can't do that. And it's, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what can be done with this series by now. I think this series is so big that they're scared to do what needs to be done. What needs to be done is this needs to be handed to. I, I don't know who directs these compared to who directed the old ones. Uh, Sp- I'm pretty sure Spielberg did the first one. But they they need to take this whole Jurassic Park theme and reboot it. And reboot it with a whole other directing, writing, everything team. And they need to try to get this as... I say pretty much as dark as they can possibly get it. I mean, there's no mystery now. Now it's all big and flashy, and we've all we've seen it all. And I don't know. That reminds uh, me something I forgot to mention real quick, if you don't mind. No, 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 so, I don't mind at all. I do it every episode. So go right ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a lot of stuff I read going back to Destiny Two about Cade's uh, death was that they hoped the you know Destiny got a lot darker. Um, based on it I think it's on track but I don't feel like they did as much as they could have to go in that direction 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I need to get back on Reddit and see what people that uh, said things like that are now saying about, you know, if they're satisfied with where it's going or if it's, you know, not near as dark as they want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly could, we could have a whole Jurassic Park episode. I'm not going to lie. I, I could talk that much about these things, <laughs> but it, it, at the end of the day, I watched the newest movie and was very ho-hum. I, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I don't know if this series is ever going to be, I think Jurassic, you just stick with Jurassic Park one and then move on with life. Like you, you you're good. Uh, Jurassic Park equals sign Metal Gear Solid 1. You know, just stick with the first, let it be, and forget the other ones exist. You're not missing anything. If you really want more Jurassic Park stuff, go read the books and or just listen to the audiobooks. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have a good time. Uh, so here's a fun story, Chris. You might have saw this on Facebook, but I've got, I've got, I had to put this in the podcast episode. You know, I had to. So, uh, <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, this weekend uh, passed. Uh, I had planned all throughout the week to go to a local go-kart track. I, unfortunately, in my planning, completely forgot to take the weather into account. And when I did Thursday afternoon, Friday uh, morning, yeah, there was a bunch of rain coming in. Not just from the tropical whatever, but just it was just it was just a stormy weekend. So that shot all those planes in the foot. And my wife and I just basically spent the day shopping together. Um and I mean her her tastes I know almost all of them I know usually the the places we're gonna go when she wants to go shopping uh just pro tip okay pro tip for for you guys out there when your woman wants to go shopping just go with her I mean try to try to take interest in what she buys try to take interest in name brands T- pay attention to what kind of things she likes to buy this is this is simple knowledge for you okay and in in return you should see her doing the same for you and I mean this goes for both sexes it's not just guys but just be interested when each other goes shopping you know it'll it'll make the shopping more of experience rather than oh I'm just following you around and carrying your bags god <laughs> so in saying that I given any shopping center around us that my wife and I will go to, I typically can point out the places that we're going to go shopping. It's very rare for her to surprise me, or it's very rare that uh, I I don't know what we're going to be going for. Uh, There are a lot of typical, I mean, call it stereotyping as you want to. I don't really give a fuck. I know my wife. There are typical things that, woman things that I know when we go shopping, she's going to go shopping for. She's going to go looking for purses. She's going to look for shoes. She's going to look for for clothes, for bras. Uh, Makeup is a big one. She's very into makeup. Uh, I mean, I typically know where we're going and what we're looking for. So we're in one of these local mall type areas. It's a big outlet mall. And there's really only two or three places in this outlet mall that are places that I'll go to. Mm -hmm. One is like a kind of a leather store because I like to look at leather jackets. Uh, One is like a scent kind of store. They sell perfumes and colognes there because, I mean, I've got got too many colognes. And 
But the other one is a video game store. This is obvious. I mean, it's the main place I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. They they sell, I mean, every generation conceivable. I don't know. I'd have to go look again. I don't know if they sell Atari generation worthy. But I've definitely saw everything from generation three on up. We're talking games, consoles, magazines, peripherals, uh, toys, uh, uh, uh just all you name it, video game related. They got it. They like they take a lot of used stuff. It's like GameStop, but if Game GameStop wasn't generation generation uh, bound, mm-hmm. so we go in here. And honestly, even with it being a video game store, okay, typically I don't even go here anyway because as any store like this, everything that I want is going to be severely overpriced. I mean, I come on, I saw a freaking uh, uh, just the just the game copy of Colonel Trigger for eighty five bucks. It's a great thing to have, but <laughs> I'm not gonna drop eighty five bucks on a game i saw a box copy of Mega Man x looked like it was almost mint for like 140 bucks again that'd be great to have but i'm not gonna drop 140 bucks very very rare we're talking like once every five years have i ever dropped that kind of money on on a game like that and even when i've done i've usually found it online after severe shopping like on ebay or whatever Mm -hmm. so typically when i go into a place like this it's really just it's not even for shopping. It's just feeding a nostalgia bug. You know, I'm looking at game titles and alt peripherals and just just blast from the past kind of stuff. My my wife will go in with me and she'll look around a bit too. But again, she's there with me. This is not really her place, but you know, she'll go check out some stuff. Maybe there's some PlayStation games she's interested in. Blah 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 blah. So she takes off looking around. And I'm making like laps around her because she's staying in the uh, Gundam uh, uh, model section. Like she's just she keeps staying there, and I keep coming back to her. And 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 I come back one time, and she's got a Gundam model kit in her arms, and I, I'm like shocked. I am. I, I was legitimately at a loss for it. I kept like freaking giggling, and she's like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, I'm not laughing. Like I'm so freaking happy. I don't know. What the, this this hit me out of nowhere because again, given all the things I mentioned earlier, the typical things that she'll go shopping for, this is not one of them. I didn't see this coming at all. I've known. I mean, she's made mention before that you know some of the anime she watched when she was younger was Gundam. But again, man, this is like Chris. This is like this is like me having somebody, and we go to the store, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I played, you know, I played, you know, Mario before. Yeah, you know, I I know what a Sega is." And then they walk out with a freaking Nomad and four Nomad games or four Genesis. And this has been my thing. I've been looking for this forever. I need this. I'm like, "What do you mean you need this? What are you that deep <laughs> into it? Oh man, how much for the?" How much for the freaking uh uh fourteen inch tall Mega Man X figure? I was like, what? You're what? What are you doing? Like, yeah, I was I was so shocked and happy and proud and all kind of emotions. I didn't stop giggling about this all day. And sure as shit, man, she came home and she put she bought she bought three of them total and she put one of them together the same day. Uh, well, the next day actually. 
and it's it's been downhill since then i've we've uh we bought a subscription to Crunchyroll, <laughs> so now she can watch all the anime that she can find which that's a whole another story mm-hmm. which i'm fixing to tell you but <laughs> yeah i mean i'm 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 like this is my thing okay i can feed this addiction for you you know if we when we go somewhere shopping you pick out makeup i can't really offer anything when we go somewhere we're shopping for clothes i can offer yeah that looks good or i don't think that looks good but i really can't offer much you tell me you're into anime or stuff in that vein yeah i could offer i'm a part of this this is this is part this is my thing so yeah i i I got a free trial to country roll uh which i quickly discovered was this is this is another rabbit's hole rabbit hole of (laughs) of 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 shit because Mm -hmm. so there are several gundam series out there yeah uh she she's in the into the uh later generations of gundam like gundam seed and gundam wing okay and mostly what we found which was good for me on Crunchyroll was Japanese uh, dialogue, English subtitles. Great for me. That's my thing. But unfortunately for her, she now was she's now having the problem that I have when I'm trying to watch anime and play video games. She's trying to put this model together, mm-hmm. but she can't watch the she can't watch Gundam because she has to read <laughs> everything. So I said, okay, that's all right. Let me go see if I can find some dub stuff. I'm you know, okay for you're not a snob like me, so dub will be okay for you. You watched it on the Cartoon Network probably, so you're used to dub anyway. Yeah. None of it. None of it I could find dubbed on Crunchyroll. So mm. then I went to Funimation. Funimation now I think is like their app thing. Yeah. They have one, I think maybe even two. I think the other one's a movie, but they have one Gundam series that is dubbed. That's it. There's like close to 12 to 15 different series out there. Couldn't find any of them dubbed. And I kept searching and kept searching all kind of... I finally just gave up. Uh, We're going to end up getting the anime our way. I'm probably going to buy it from somewhere uh, at a reasonable price. But... That's so aggravating. Like, and then I, mm-hmm. that just had me going deeper and deeper into the Crunchyroll thing. Like, dude, what's up with, do y'all just not have dub stuff? And they're, they have some, but not everything. And the same thing with Funimation. They have a lot of dub stuff, but not everything. Uh, I would have never thought at, at, this is 2018. I would have thought dub was a thing of the past, especially with Gundam being so old. You know, this is, this stuff's yeah. from like 2006, I think. But uh, older. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Because I was. I mean, yeah. I know. The, I I know the old Gundam is like way, way old. Because I think when I watched on, like you were saying, Cartoon Network, I I don't even know if I was in high school yet. Hmm. Um, that may have been middle school, early high school for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, there'll, there'll be more to follow with this down the road. Like I said, she's got a couple more models to put together. Uh, I was, she was happy. She had a good time putting them together. Uh, I mean, she, it wasn't a freaking laugh out riot. I mean, you're, you're, you're putting together tiny pieces on a model kit, <laughs> but she enjoyed it. She has a couple more to go. And I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking happy. As I told her, I was like, this makes you sexy as hell to me. Like you already were, but this is fucking hot. Like. Yeah, I got that girl that goes into <laughs> fucking video game uh, hobby places and comes out with a freaking model kit. Like, yes, mm, I love it. 
So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, I think, uh, once again, I think there was something else I was going to bring up, but I have forgotten. So, it must not have been important. Time to get on to the games. So, uh, I mentioned that I've already beat Persona 4, and now that I've come off that, uh, I... I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play next. Get, got into a little bit of turmoil of jumping from random game to random game. I played, I played like Mega Man X4 for just a bit, uh, as, as, uh, Mega Man, cause usually I'd say seven out of ten times I play a zero in that game. And I just felt like going, I had a little Mega Man mental kick. I felt like going through a little bit of Mega Man. Didn't make it too far. Jumped to another game. And I'm not pointing out Mega Man for any specific reason. Because I did. I went from game to game to game. I, I, I brought up my PlayStation uh, 2 and went through a few random games. I played like a Bloody Roar game for a minute. Uh, played my PlayStation and was going to start... Uh, what game was that? Uh, v- Vandal Hearts. And I just kind of kicked off. Kicked that off. It's just like I said, the usual little turmoil for me. Mm-hmm. And... I forget, I don't even know why this came into my mind, I guess, because I was back in, you know, my other groove where it's either RPG or (laughs) Metroidvania, and I had a mental note to want to play a Metroidvania game, and I don't know why this one came back in my memory, but I started playing through uh, a Steam, uh, or a game I got on Steam, called iconoclasts i'm gonna hope i'm saying that right i icon iconoclast sure Mm -hmm. so this is a uh metroidvania as i said but it also again follows kind of kind of the same mentality of uh now i forget the other one i played it's not so much like areas of the game are going to get blocked off and you have to run all around the globe back and forth back and forth which to me i love that i know some people don't like that but this is more like a streamlined kind of metrovania you're going to kind of go from one area to the next area get upgrades and etc etc there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of map uh uh adventuring but it's it's fairly it's fairly straightforward some notable things about this game I'll tell you right now is definitely the dialogue and the story there. I I came into this game slowly beginning to hate the dialogue, not for the content, not for the quality, just because one of the, one of the paramount Metroidvania games for me, excuse me, is super Metroid. There's not a lot of dialogue in Super Metroid. <laughs> There's not a lot of story into it. It's a very, it's a very muted game that tells the story without telling the story, and you don't get that in Iconoclast. They're trying to drive a narrative. They're trying to drive a story, and I will wholeheartedly admit the first. I want to say the first maybe three to five hours, I was just getting aggravated because they would stop my gameplay and tell me story. But the further that I understood this story, the further I got in this game, it it was bringing up questions. It was making me want to know where this was all going. And, oh man, it's it gets good. It gets really good. There is way more to this game than just running around, shooting things, grabbing items, moving on to the next area. And I'm thankful for it. 
uh, like I said, at first I didn't like it, but the it grew on me. the 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 mental questions that it drew in my mind made it made it get better. Where I I slowly got away from disliking the game, stopping for narrative. I put uh, over seventeen hours in this game. I did beat it. Um, I think there's a fair amount of secrets that I did not get. A uh, fair amount of upgrades I didn't get either. I found the the bosses to be challenging enough. I didn't find, I didn't have any Hollow Knight uh, experiences for this. Which which by that I mean in Hollow Knight there were quite a few bosses in Hollow Knight that uh, kicked my ass royally, and I had to come back to a boss several times. This one, most of the bosses that I died to, I beat them on the second or third try. So fairly, I don't want to say easy game, but it's fairly easy like it's it's got a it has its challenges but you're not going to steamroll through this game mm-hmm. maybe you will maybe you will who knows i can't recall if it actually had a difficulty slider either if it did i had it on the middle setting so it is what it is uh, very good art style very good music so, uh well actually no let me take that back the music selection in this game is kind of were kind of lacking for me which if you follow this podcast uh regularly you'll know that you know, usually Chris doesn't, you know, he's either give or take about music. I'm all about game music. The music selection in this game was a little weak for me. I didn't, I don't have too many tones that I was humming after I left the game. Uh, it just, it, it, it was okay. It was there. The music in this game is there and serviceable. But the art style, the graphics and all that, oh, the, the sound effects design, good good just just the mo- just the menu selection uh sounds it's just i enjoyed it um think so it's got a couple mechanics in it that were interesting uh she she plays at her her uh theme is she is a mechanic and er- very early on in the game you get this basically a giant wrench and you can use that wrench uh to uh, latch on to various nuts around the world and you can either hang on them and swing off them or crank them down to manipulate something in a level and you see where puzzles evolve from that <clears throat> she also has various weapons you pick up those weapons will have uh different uses you you i want to say that you don't get hampered by any one weapon too often it's usually they're they're all multi many there are many enemies enemies in this game that have like you have to use this weapon on them so getting to an enemy seeing obviously with a very obvious visual cue that this weapon is not working swapping to another weapon you don't feel like you're hampered down just by one weapon you're going to want to vary it up and they all have they all have their own varying uh damage output etc etc one feature of this game that I did not use, <clears throat> excuse me, is there there are I forget the word that 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 they use for it, but it's basically like a, like a trait. You can purchase these extra abilities that stay with your character, like faster movement or protects you from damage one time or I forget the other ones. And you can have up to three. I can't recall if you can increase those slots, but I want to say you can. 
The problem that I didn't like is, so to purchase these, you have to find various ingredients around the world or various parts around the world. And to get, and I'm just making shit up here, to get the movement speed increase, you'll have to find like one one bolt, one uh, ivory capsule, one this and one that. And you'll find these very, very sparsely scattered throughout the levels. So when you buy them, you're, you know, like, yeah, I, I finally, after so many, you know, hours of hunting and scavenge, scavenging, I have enough to buy this thing. And you buy it, you hook it on your character, and you're using it. Cool. When you take damage, you have a meter that goes down. You take enough damage, that goes away. And it does not come back. In order to get another one, you have to buy another one. So not not a mechanic that I fell in love with. I ne- and and honestly, I went through that entire game. I bought one of those. I bought one just to try it out. Mm-hmm. And I forget I forget what kind it was. Uh, it wasn't move faster. It was I, I forget what it was. But I bought one. And after taking so many hits from random enemies, it disappeared. And I didn't feel like spending the parts to buy another one, sure. so I moved on. Now, to not just so I don't discourage anybody else who may do this, I did notice that when I beat the game, they give you a percentage of how many parts in the game you actually found. Uh, I didn't do a ton of extra cre- of ex- extra credit of <laughs> extracurricular activities. I didn't do a ton of secret searching, but I did every now and again go back through levels, and that's the Metroidvania part of me. That's the the scavenger, you know, the mm-hmm. hunter. I want to go find secret areas, and can I knock this wall down, or what do I need to get past this area? I did that a few times, and I only found 30-something percent of all the parts that were scattered around the world. So if I did go around the world and find more of these parts, I could have stockpiled these things or at least had enough money to keep continuously buying them without without having to worry about spending the, the currency. Right. But I didn't, and I beat the game. I, didn't, I had no power-ups through pretty much every boss I fought. So you can use them if you want to. They are there. You also find different blueprint blueprints throughout the world that will actually that will help you build different uh, abilities like that. So it's a whole system there, and if you want to dive into it, you can. I paid twenty bucks for this game. Completely feel like I got my twenty bucks out of it. Enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a game I could definitely get back into again. Point of fact, before I I think I know what it was now, Chris. I had the notion to get back into Hollow Knight. I was going to go back and play through Hollow Knight for the third time. I love that game so much. Okay. And I think I remembered that there were a couple Metroidvanias in my Steam wish list that I hadn't got around to buying yet. I think I've already played all the ones that I already own, and this one came up. And I think. I may have went and watched a quick review of it or something, but uh, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's try it out. Looks good. I like the artwork. Let's try it out. Dropped 20 bucks, played it, and yeah, uh, good game. Good game. Enjoyed it. Once I beat that game, uh, there there wasn't much else for me to do because I beat this game yesterday. 
I want to say I beat this game yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning time, afternoon time. So I had all of the rest of yesterday and now today as well. But we're recording today. Because tomorrow, Spider-Man comes out. Yep. Actually, about five and a half, four and a half, five hours from now, Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4 will be released. So after tomorrow, I'm going to be hopefully cross fingers, mind you, because <laughs> I, you know, this game could be bad for all I know. I'll be playing Spider-Man. I just had to fill some time until, <laughs> till I could play Spider-Man. Uh, last but not least, I'm going to do just a really, really quick rundown of some games that I did just jump in and out of, give some really quick shotgun reviews of these Steam games that I tried and either played a little bit and enjoyed or just kind of uh, bounced off. Uh, Bleed is a side-scrolling platformer kind of shooter. I didn't like it because it was kind of twin-stick shootery, which okay. kind of, they work and they don't work for me sometimes. This yeah. one was kind of, eh. I have to give it some more time, give it a, a more fair, uh, a fair shot. Uh, I, I have been playing Dead Cells off and on, but I haven't went. I feel like that's a game that I'm going to have to like stop everything and get into, into. Uh, I played a game called Demon Peak, side scrolling, uh, slash em up kind of game. I, I feel like the controls in this game were off. The jumping just didn't suit for me. And again, coming from a game like Class, coming from Hollow Knight, uh, your, your jumping mechanics have to be on point. Yeah. Like your, your terrain traversal needs to be solid, especially coming from Hollow Knight. Like it's such a, such a high pedigree from a small company. Uh, played a little bit of Double Dragon 4. This, this is right up my alley because it fits that old school NES Dragon, uh, Double Dragon theme. The controls are all there. It's, ah, uh, I like it. Had a good time with it. Uh, DuckTales Remastered. I love the original DuckTales, one of my favorite NES games. Uh, I'd say up in my top 20 for sure, at least. And I, the only negative I'll say about this one is that I love the fact that they got the old voice acting crew back for this. But they put too much voice acting into it. Like I don't need to have all that. I need it. I, I want to get to the gameplay. It's. I, I love the voices. I love that they're all there. But yeah, I, I kept start uh, skip cinematic, start skip cinematic all throughout it. And I played a couple levels of it. Got a whole shit a shitload of money for them and moved on. Uh, let's see. I think Gigantic Army. I. It was either that one or Gunmetal Arcadia. Uh, I feel so bad. I can't remember. One of these two was a side-scrolling uh, mech kind of game, and I, uh, I need, I need to, I need to know which one it was. I have to know because I have to give the the right credit. Okay, it wasn't Gunmetal Arcade. Gun, uh, Gunmetal Arcade is a side-scrolling uh, kind of adventure, not adventure, uh, platforming sort of sort of game very old school 8-bit graphics enjoyable for what it was I think it had a little a little bit of rpg element to it mainly because of the text and whatnot but not uh I, I say just for the story element not so much like leveling up and whatnot i think gigantic army is a side scrolling almost like uh almost like metal slug ish uh, you play in a mech and you shoot rockets, missiles, bullets, clear screens, shoot enemies down. Uh, enjoyed it. A, a pretty good game. Good purchase. 
nice graphics on the robots and uh, the enemies and explosions and all that. Just think Metal Slug, but you're walking around a mech. Pretty good. Uh, you also have a loadout that you can pick out at the beginning of the game, so you can pick what kind of like missiles and shots you want to fire. So pretty good. Whole New World is a side-scrolling platformer. The the twist to this one is you. So, Chris, you're playing through Mario Brothers one. You come to the first pit. Mm-hmm. You fall in the pit. You die. This game, when you fall through the pits, the the pits go to an underground version of the level. So your controls flip, and you're you're running along the ceiling upside down. So this, yeah, very, very good. Uh, it's, it's not so much a mirror of what you saw either. Mm-hmm. You're basically going to another part of the world, but you're, but you're upside down. Pretty cool gimmick. Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, and I think his, his, uh, your, his attack is, I don't know if you, I don't know if it changes over time, but he throws out like chem, like uh, potions. That's what he attacks with. He throws out like you know, like chemicals or whatever. That's pretty cool. Um, trying to go through because I know there was another one. Uh, Lichtspear, L I C H T S P E E R, kind of stylized uh game like uh. If I had to equate it to something kind of like Angry Birds, where <laughs> you have a character on the left-hand side of the screen, and he has spears in his hand, okay. and you have to hold down the throw button to get a to get a uh, arc, and you can push up or down on your character to give him more of an arc of where you're going to throw it, and you have enemies coming at you, and you're trying to spear them to kill them. Uh, most will go down with one. You you you'll find bigger enemies that take two to go down. Uh, you'll find ones that are up on top of like a platform, and you have to arc it at a precise angle to kill to get them off. The it's very stylized. They they're trying to go with a a uh, like almost a German ish, maybe a Swedish um, uh, theme, and they throw a little bit of humor in there. And it's it's for for what it is. It's very interesting. I. Didn't think I was going to be interested in it until about four levels later, I realized that it was entertaining. So <laughs> uh, definitely an out there thing for me to pick, but it, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I do see Mega Man 11 just sitting there in my <laughs> my Steam library going, yeah, man, I'm not out yet. I, I will be one day, but not yet. Uh, Odalis, the Dark Call, side-scrolling platformer, slash them up almost. The cool thing about this is you can pick, uh, I, I don't know if this was DLC that I just, it just, maybe, maybe it was like a special edition that I bought, but you can pick, uh, v- this is very, very old school 8-bit NES graphics, but you can pick different skins that you want to play as, and one was, the names for it was like like a vampire hunter, and you were clearly playing as the sprite of uh, very close to the sprite of like Simon Belmont. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was one that was like uh, I think it was like a demon or something, and it looked like uh, the demon from Demon's Crest. Uh, there was one that was a knight. I think it was like royal knight or something, and you were playing as the character from uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Just a little, little nice little touch. Uh, pretty interesting game. 
uh, I think you have some shops you can buy items from. There are NPCs that have some dialogue. Might be a little bit of Metroidvania-ish to it, a teeny tiny bit, because I got to an area that was blocked off. I had to go backtrack and go find a key, so eh, interesting. Pretty cool game. There were there was another one, uh, Riptail. I don't uh, I don't remember if I if I I don't remember too much about Riptail. Um, I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but I think that was a game that I just, I didn't enjoy for one reason or another. Uh, I also see Sekiro Shadows Die Twice sitting there going, "Yeah, man, I'm paid. <laughs> just uh, it ain't time yet, man." Mm-hmm. Uh, Stellar Interface, I think that is a side, that is a shmup game, so, uh, I'll get, I'll get into that a little more another time. Uh, Super Cyborg, I ended up playing this one for about five or six hours, I kinda, kinda got into this game more than I thought I would. I didn't get very far, because this game is basically Contra. Okay. Uh, the, the difference is you're playing as a, as a robot. They say cyborg, so it might be a cyborg. It's old, a bit graphics, almost sixteen, sixteen bit, almost. Uh, but I mean, it's it's typical stuff, man. You literally start in a in a uh, jungle area as the first level, and you're going from left to right. You're shooting, uh, you're shooting enemies. You're shooting power ups out of the sky. There is a like machine gun power up, a spread gun power up, and electric sh- sh- spark shot power up. There's rapid fire. Uh, one hit death. The good thing about this is, and I'm telling you, this is all the kids like me ever needed as a kid. Uh, once you clear the area, uh, you're, it saves your progress. So you don't, like, if you're on level four and you die, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning of the game. Sure. So, uh, I'll make my way through that. I, I, I didn't realize how fun, how much fun I was going to have with that, but, the fact that you progress through the level and progress through the level and it saves your progress once you finally beat a level for me was right up my alley. I think that's it for uh, for my gaming for this week. Again, I, I've just been anticipating tomorrow whenever I can start finally playing uh, Spider-Man and see what that game is like. There are other games out there that I'm looking to pre-order uh, that'll be coming up in a couple weeks when I can actually afford to. I know that... Um, I know that uh, Doom Eternal is one of them. Uh, Resident Evil 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Devil May Cry 5. Again, these games aren't coming out for a while anyway. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for me in my week, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I will I will be letting you know as as definitely by next episode Chris whether I think you should go out and grab this or not. Do do you have a copy yet or no? No. I do not. You don't have a pre-order? Okay. I have okay. uh I have so many other things I'm playing especially with uh my yakuza situation I'll call it. Uh Yeah. <laughs> I'm set for now. Um I went from not really knowing what to play to having a lot to play. Uh so yeah. I probably won't touch Spider-Man unless you give it really good reviews right and i man i'm I'm gonna do my best to be as fair to that game as i can admittedly i have such a mental drought with playstation right now because man coming off of god of war it's like oh 
What can you guys offer me now? You have given me some hope because I do own Yakuza Zero. And as I mentioned as well, I've seen where like I just needed to play like another hour of that game and I probably would have, would have got all the way in. But Yakuza Zero also just was at a, at a time for me where it got steamrolled by other games. So it just, it, it is what it is. But coming off of, you know, playing persona 5 and then playing god of war it's like okay what play what next playstation and this Mm -hmm. from what i could tell is supposed to be the next big thing uh as much praise as i've heard about it uh with this also with this being the first place uh first uh spider-man game i will ever have played i'm hoping good things I'm hoping to come away from this and at least be able to recommend that for somebody. I'm trying not to stick my my expectations so high. Mm -hmm. Uh, God of War, I did. I mean, months before God of War came out, I was like, this game is going to be good. (laughs) I feel it. I can can see how into this game I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. And it did not let me down. This one, I'm trying to play it cool. All right, I've got it. (laughs) I've already spent the money on it. The money's already gone. Let's... I hope you're fun. I hope you're at least entertaining. I hope I at least feel like I got my $60 worth. If 150 hours later I can't shut up about the game, great. Good. All right, time to move into the topic for this week, which is the year in review. And this year we are doing 1994, another stellar year in the gaming world uh wanted to talk about some uh so for, for those that are that are new to the podcast just a quick rundown of what this is this is basically uh chris and i and and if, and if adam can make it around uh this is the end of time cast going through the year through every single year of gaming since uh 82 i think we did 82 to 83 on the first episode of it but it's basically, as the title says, it's a year in review, and we're trying to go through these years and pick out highlights mainly focused around game releases, mainly focused around games that me and that Chris and I have played, and also games that we just know are, they're just banner games for that year, or games that are no, noteworthy about talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 85, 86 was the first year in review episode. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So we are, you know, we've been doing this for over a decade worth of episodes. And yeah, it's, well, we're coming up on one anyways. It's just to go through the year and see what it's like, just to give a, our opinion on the, the, the year in review as far as gaming is concerned. I've been trying to get better at throughout these years now to work in more other gaming news, like, you know, gaming magazines that may have got started or video game consoles that were, that were released. So. That's typically what you'll hear in this episode. This will also, these are also kind of mini homeworks for Chris and I and Adam as well, because a few episodes from now, you're going to hear a, uh, game of the year. And that will specifically be the end of time cast game of the year where it's the two slash three of us going head to head in a fairish debate style and us as a as a end of time cast determining what we feel was the game of that year. So you'll probably hear some of these titles brought up again uh, a few episodes from now. So to start out with some non-game news that went out this year, uh, some Sega news this year, the Sega channel was released. I 
I never even got to go to anybody's house that had this. I want to say no. that I went to a friend's house that may have had this hooked up at one point, but this seemed like it was so far beyond any reach of anybody, especially me, but anybody around me, that this thing came <laughs> and went, and I was oblivious to it. But uh, it seems the concept was you could hook your Sega up to your Sega Genesis up to the internet via 56K modem <laughs> and sort of download content and possibly play online with people. Don't know. Never had it. Seemed too high, seemed way too expensive for my taste. Oh, yeah. So uh, feel free to jump on YouTube and find any YouTube channel videos out there. I'm sure there's in-depth reviews of the highs and the lows. I unfortunately just, I've seen it in magazine articles. That's about the best I can tell you about it. Sega Nomad was released this year, which, I mean, come on, Chris, let's just be real here. The Sega Nomad was basically a portable Sega Genesis. That's exactly what I mean, it was. It's, that, that's all it ever was. It was literally a humongous uh, controller with a battery pack that took six AA batteries. Jesus. And died rather quickly. Um, yes. I owned one. I played the hell out of the thing. I played, sometimes mm-hmm. I would play it more than my actual Genesis. Because I would just like walk around the house, go sit on the stairs and play or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And did you, did you use rechargeable batteries or you just batteries? Um, I did both. Uh, I did eventually get rechargeables. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I actually don't know where the battery pack is for my Nomad now, which sucks. That's an that's another piece of advice for all the, you guys and gals out there. If you don't already do this, invest in a battery recharger and rechargeable batteries. Because I have one. I have an Energizer recharger uh, box. It's, it's kind of a big one that can hold lots of batteries at a time. But I have in this house probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 40 or 50 double a batteries and probably about half of that of triple a and i haven't bought new batteries in six years so you know just a heads up for you it's all for all your equipment but yeah i could see like rechargeable batteries being not being a big help in the nomad but god man those six double a's and they go out in no time it's crazy but hey you get a portable Sega Genesis, so yeah. And this was so much a portable console, you could plug a controller into it. Yep, yep. I think you could actually do. The, could you do two, or was it just two player? I don't. Know. I don't remember. I, that'd be something. That'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Imagine like you like holding the Nomad and then, but at an angle with me with a controller playing mm-hmm. as player two, like. <laughs> Well, hey, you're in the car on a car ride. Car ride? Sure. Shit, yeah. The Sega Saturn was released this year in Japan. I'm trying to do a better job of taking notes of that as well. <laughs> uh, Sega Saturn is another one of those consoles that came and went. I feel didn't do nearly as well as the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, Which is I didn't get odd a, thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually go through any homework to this Sega Saturn just yet. I didn't look at the game list and all that, but I remember maybe it's just because I owned one, but I remember Dreamcast being I want to say more popular than mm-hmm. the Sega Saturn. Either way, both of them came and they went in their own respects. 
the Neo Geo CD came out for home consoles. So an SNK thing coming out on the con- uh, home network is very good. Uh, the Sony PlayStation was released this year in Japan, but it was released this year. Big the moment. Super Game, yeah, the Super Game Boy adapter was released this year. That's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, that is an adapter for your Super Nintendo that lets you put Game Boy cartridges into it, so you can play your Game Boy games on your Super Nintendo. Uh, they've been known they've been known to do this for generations now, and it's something that I wish they would continue with and, yeah. and build upon. Uh, the Super Game Boy was also cool because you could pick different borders for the games. You could pick different color schemes, uh, stuff like that. The Atari Lynx was discontinued this year. I never had an Atari Lynx, so this was another one of those consoles that just kind of went around me. Mm-hmm. This is something that happened through a lot of my life. Like I say that I'm a third generation gamer. I say that's where I started, even though I had an Atari, a second generation console, but I didn't realize until probably well after my high school years, this is how shut in I was and un- unknowledgeable I was about the gaming world that I, I had heard of the, Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. I heard of ColecoVision, and I think that was about it. I didn't know all the other Atari style consoles that existed in that second generation. Uh, same thing here with the Atari Lynx. Like, I never even heard of a fucking Atari Lynx before. I've heard of an Atari Jaguar, but these are two mm-hmm. separate things. It's amazing the amount of consoles, legitimate first party consoles that exist in the world you know uh the neversoft company was started this year uh for those that don't know that name just think tony hawk games and guitar hero games that's that's the company that that is known for those titles and a pretty big one here silicon and synapse was renamed to blizzard entertainment Woof. what I a company no idea. that i didn't know that either I didn't know that. Uh, I've always known them as Blizzard, so. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, on to the games. Uh, Starting with the A's, we have Alien vs. Predator. This was arcade release. I personally never played the arcade release. I played the Super Nintendo port of this game, which was just fine for me. And it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up style game where you play as the Predator. I don't remember if you get to select a style for the Predator. I think you could, but I I could be wrong there. I also can't recall if it was two-player. I want to say it was, because especially with this being an arcade title, but it's... It is, it's more Predator versus Aliens in gameplay because you play as a Predator, side-scrolling. There's all kind of different alien variants that come across the screen. Of course, eventually you fight a queen, yada, yada. But for what it was, very enjoyable. If you want to play as a Predator, this is one of those few games that did a pretty good job of letting you do that. Let's talk about balls, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I think we talked about this before. I don't remember what the context was. Um, yeah, but this is the year that Balls 3D, uh, the Battle of the Balls, came out mm-hmm. on uh, Mega Drive and Sega Genesis. Um, this was a very silly fighting game. Uh, 
as the name implies, your characters are made up of little spheres, of little balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the gimmick, and it was amusing. Uh, there were several characters, like a clown, a bodybuilder. Uh, you had a ballerina dancer. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very simple game. Um, amusing. It had like a, uh, what do you call the big screens at events? A Megatron. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd fight on a stage and you could, it was like showing what your fighting was on a big screen. Yeah. 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 So you, and it would show, you know, sometimes it would just show the fight and a smaller screen in the background. <laughs> Other times it'd be like, I don't know if I necessarily say an advertisement, but like a funny thing would show up, uh, especially if you did like certain moves or, uh, you know, you did a bunch of damage to your opponent. It would show, you know, like little birdies, I think, or something like that to that in that vein, same uh, vein of thought, yeah. you know. So it was yeah. just a fun little game. Graphic, pr- fairly graphically impressive too, you know, just showing the showing the graphics of stylized characters with uh, 3D spheres that make up the character designs. Yeah, pretty cool. Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure. <laughs> I honestly never played this. I always got a kick out of seeing the magazine yeah. articles, and I totally got, especially after playing something like Earthworm Jim. Like, okay, you this this is totally up its alley. You can totally do this on any with any kind of thing. Yeah. So, but I never played it though. So I didn't either. Uh, I put this on here just because of how much I saw of this game in magazines and stuff. Um, yes. It was a bit of a hit. Uh, it's a two D platforming game. Um, and as you can imagine, it's called Boogerman. It's it's a it's a very it's a gross game, Chris. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, it was a kick. Yep. Uh, Breath of Fire two. Love the Breath of Fire series. Can't make that mention enough because I feel I still feel even to this day that the entire Breath of Fire series is criminally underplayed mm-hmm. uh i will i will i will totally tell you guys and gals if you haven't ever played a breath of fire don't fear if you're if you're worried about old school rpgs uh maybe that you're just trying to go back and play playing that those 16-bit era style graphics for whatever reason anything that don't fear find a copy of breath of fire 3 for the PlayStation, however you can find it, and play that game. Trust me, trust me. From the fighting, from the uh, fighting mechanics in that game, to the art style, to the story, to uh, item, weapon, menu management, all that stuff, that game is going to do you just fine. Uh, this was a step back. This was on the uh, third, fourth generation consoles. This is on the Super Nintendo. Still good. Uh, RPG stuff that you know. You have a you have a party of characters. You you run you run around the world. What I do uh, an additional thing that uh, most of these Breath of Fires carry over is that the characters can actually interact with things in the overworld. So uh, an example from Breath of Fire One, you have a character that has a, a bow. And I think his name is Bo. And <laughs> there, there are usually a wildlife on the main, on the overworld. And if you have Bo, he can shoot his bow. He can shoot, he can shoot an arrow and kill that, that, uh, animal. And you can get like healing items from it, stuff like that. 
So I will admit that I played through Breath of Fire 1 about maybe three times in my life. I've only played Breath of Fire 2 once, and this was a long time ago, back in probably 2002. So unfortunately, my my memory of this game is not the greatest. Uh, one thing that I do, I, I'm hoping I get this right because I never want to do Breath of Fire uh, any injustice. I believe that there was a, a a way where you can merge characters in this game, and if you merge two characters, they would make a larger, uh, well, not a, not always larger, but it would make a, a new character mm-hmm. that had a combination of abilities or had new abilities. Period. Uh, always cool to me when you can do that. Always awesome. Uh. Very good RPG. Again, if if you don't have a problem with going back to old school 16-bit graphics, music, etc., definitely, I think any Breath of Fire is up your alley, except for Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter. Stay away from that. <laughs> That's, that game is not... Mm, it's... I think if you go, if you do not have any experience with the Breath of Fire series and you start with Breath of Fire 5 because you feel it's the newest one, you may or may not like that game. But when you play any other Breath of Fire, you're going to look at Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter and go, what the fuck was this? Like, this is, <laughs> what is this? That's that's how I feel about it. So, uh, and I mean, I, I say go back and play these guys and gals. The Super Nintendo is my favorite console of all time. So going back to to those style graphics are nothing for me. But as somebody who's recently had these experiences like trying to play uh the Witcher 1 for example, like I just it was it was too archaic for me. I I admit that as much of an asshole as that makes me sound. I I totally understand somebody recommending a game to you and you trying it and you go, "Yeah, man, I just it's just too old." I get that. Mm-hmm. But to me, the graphics, uh the music, I the uh, Breath of Fire has its own style of music. It's Capcom. Uh I think it'll be just fine. Good, 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 good addition to the Breath of Fire series. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. Yep, Castlevania moved uh, away from Nintendo and is found on the Genesis. And I've also only played this game once or twice, but I'll tell you, man, I prefer this game over Breath of, uh, over uh, Castlevania 4. Honestly, I do. I really do like Castlevania 4 for what it is. Uh, I like that it's basically uh, an updated version of the original Castlevania, but uh, the music, the the stylization, just I kind of prefer Bloodlines a little bit more, which I sh- means I should play it more. But I think I've only played, I've only played Super Castlevania four a couple times too, so uh, it, it's good. It's it's a it's a good side scrolling Castlevania game. Very good. Uh, Contra Hardcore, again, this is another one I've only played a couple times. I just wanted to mention it because it's, it's a, it just shows you what the, going from old school, uh, third generation Contra to fourth generation with the Sega Genesis, you see the graphical upgrades, you see how the explosions look better, the details on the aliens and the enemies and the weapons and all that looks, looks much better. Uh, definitely a series that as it progressed through the generations, you just get more, you get more and more from this series. You get better and better, and this was just one of the one of the iterations of it. 
Cruisin' USA. Yep. Played this in the arcade, and this is the arcade release. Uh, played this in the arcade multiple times, and I probably, honestly, have played it just as many times on the, on the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah. But, man, Cruisin' USA. Whoo! To this day, Chris, if I play this game in the arcade, I think I played it sometime this year, actually. If you don't know about double tapping the gas and making your vehicle <laughs> ramp to get a to get that boost of speed oh, yeah. and it's like unlimited, you can do it as many times as your fucking foot can tap. Yeah. Uh yeah, picking picking different worlds to race in or not worlds, but picking different areas to race in, different cars to choose from. Uh, manual automatic, just sitting in a chair and hearing the music and, and racing in this game and this arcade racer. Yeah, fun. For arcade times as what I remember them as, fun stuff. Uh, Darkstalkers The Night Warriors, this was released in the arcades in Japan. I made mention of this just because it was uh, Darkstalkers coming up in the world. If you haven't uh, heard or seen, I mean, you had to, if you if you know anything about, say, the Marvel vs. Capcom series, you've seen some Darkstalkers characters in there. I think Jetto was out for the newest one, as a matter of fact. Uh, definitely an overlooked fighting uh, fighting game uh, series. Per, uh, predominantly remembered for because of the monsters, like there, there's a there was a uh, a merman and a werewolf and a cat girl and a vampire and a Frankenstein and uh, a yeti. It's, it's interesting. Again, if you're into fighting games and you want a different spin on it, uh, Darkstalkers is pretty cool to try. Demon's Crest for the Super Nintendo. Chris, I'll totally admit, man, I haven't personally played this. This is one of those content creator things because I remember the Game Grumps playing through this. And I had seen ads for Demon's Crest all the time as a kid. I just, I never got it. And I haven't, I've yet to get around to playing it myself. But the graphics, the music, oh man, side scrolling, uh, platforming. Bit of a flying. I think the uh, the main character is a red devil that can fly. I think the red devil is uh, a character from the uh, uh, Ghosts and Goblins series too. Maybe the same same type. May not be. I don't know. Either way, pretty cool side scrolling game. Disney's Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Here's a great debate, Chris. Which one's better, Genesis or, or Super Nintendo? Oh, jeez. Um. I think I talked about it when we were talking about the Super Nintendo one before, that I don't think I ever saw the Super Nintendo one. I've only seen the Genesis one. Yeah. Um, uh, we we talked about before the, uh, the casino that had the arcade and it was basically like a daycare thing. Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. that's where I played this game. I never owned it. Uh, this isn't one that Andy had, I don't think. Uh, so yeah. I literally only played it there. Uh, I've since seen it uh, speedrun, but yeah, I used to play this at a f- my a f- one of my parents' friends. Their kids had uh, a Sega Genesis and a Super Nintendo, and of all the games they had, I remember three distinctly that I would bounce back and forth through playing. One was Mortal Kombat One. Uh, one was Disney's Aladdin for the Genesis, and the other one was Mario Paint. So, 
What a crazy bunch of games to bounce around. Like, man, I'm going to fucking decapitate somebody. No, now I'm just going to make little music notes. Do <laughs> do these meow, 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 meow. Yeah, that's what I feel like doing. Uh, you know balance. what? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, but Disney's Aladdin for the Genesis came out this year. And I think both of I think either one. You're going to find enjoyment in either one. If I'm not mistaken, Chris, I think there was a distinction between these two where the Genesis Aladdin had a sword and the Super Nintendo one did not. Yeah, something I like could, that. Something like that, yeah. I uh, wish I could talk more on it. It's just been, I, I was a kid when I played this one, so I know it's good. The platforming and it's good. The graphics are also very good. So, came out this year. Donkey Kong Country. I can definitely talk about. <laughs> love this series. I love, I've loved every game in this series. I love what they've done with the Donkey Kong Country Returns series, but I definitely love the original. Uh, I honestly can't remember the first time I played a Donkey Kong Country, Chris. I think, I want to say this is actually at, at uh, Mimi's. I think, I think I went to one of the local of those two main video game rental places. And I think I rented this one from there and was blown away. Like the graphic style one alone caught anybody off yeah. guard. Uh, the, the Kongs and the enemies were, they had this for what they could do for what they could do back in the 16 bit super Nintendo age. Yeah. They were as 3d sprite as they could get. And they looked they look great. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I'd say it still pretty much holds up today. <clears throat> oh, oh I mean, yes. Sure, the yes. new ones have taken it further, but you look at it and you're like, oh, this is Super Nintendo? Okay. Yeah. I can tell you that I've played uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Diddy's Conquest. I know I played it mid to late last year, so two thousand, late 2017, and... Yes, it was partially biased because that was my favorite Donkey Kong Country game, period. But <laughs> it definitely, you are right, man. It des it definitely holds up for me. The platforming in that game is solid. The 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 enemy designs I love. The the level variety, the theming throughout the levels, uh, the secrets, finding having a percentage meter and telling you like how much percentage of secrets you found. Mm -hmm. Uh. Man, I, I I like it. I like this. I like all these games. I think they are a testament to to platforming titles, and yeah, the I will characters. say, yeah, oh yes, finding characters. God, thank you for uh, finding characters that you can either turn into or ride on top of. Oh man, good stuff. I will totally admit that in this series, if I'm having a little side tangent for me, the weakest series for me, the weakest one in the series for me, is the third one. Uh, mainly because of the enemy designs. I don't know. I forget what company took over or what design team took over, but I the, the way that they did the Kremlings and, and most of the enemy designs, I just didn't care for. But in any event, I think all of them, as far as the platforming goes, as far as the action in that game, solid. Really solid. Doom 2 for the PC released this year. Uh... I only played Doom 2 on the PlayStation, so, uh, uh, I mean, I didn't play, I don't think I've ever played, I don't think I've ever played the original PC Doom, but this was a sequel to the, to the first Doom ever, 
and more fucking demon killing, imp shooting, uh, hell fun going on. So yeah, I just don't felt think like I've it ever should be. It. Yeah, uh, I know that over time there were compilations. I think there was like Doom, Doom Two, Final Doom. I think those are the three main ones that I remember. But I mean, it's all those games. They're all in their own little nice, nice little package. Uh, else, what else? Uh, Earthbound in Japan. Earthbound released in Japan this year. Uh, I gotta say, man, I got kind of a, I, I, I feel like the world is telling me that Earthbound is a great game. Yeah. But I have played through that game and beat it when I was in high school and didn't remember much about it. <laughs> and I also played through it sometime in 2016. And honestly, Chris, I made it probably about six hours, seven hours into it and said, yeah, it's just, just not feeling it. Uh, have you played Earthbound, Chris? What are your thoughts on this RPG? No, I haven't played it. Um, I have heard tons about it. Um, I know that Ness from uh, from it is in the you know Smash Brothers games, but I I didn't really know much about this game until I started watching speedruns um, because apparently it's a game that uh, people like watching speedrun because they like the game. But I I don't know anything about the game. Um, it's, it has, is there a sequel to it? Uh, or no, it was a sequel. It's the second game in the Mother series. So it's uh, actually Mother 2, which I have no idea anything about. Uh but a lot of people are asking for another game in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no clue. This game, uh, this this is something that I look, I honestly watch this from afar, and I just, I cheer on the audience, I cheer on the people without being able to actually join in their 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 fever pitch love. I mean, this game has a rat. This series, this mother series, has a rabid fan base, and I like that. I'm I'm all about a group of people that passionately love these games. But I unfortunately, with this series, just I just I have to watch it from afar because this this RPG does not blow my mind. Uh, I can see its appeal. I can see the charm that other people are seeing. I can point out the distinct nature of the game and see that and, and, and under, admit and understand that there are people that like this style. Me, it just, it was ho-hum. And it, I, I like some of the things about it. Uh, example, when you're in a, when you're in a battle in this game, when you're in a fight, uh, when a character, uh, kills you, knocks you down, whatever whatever term they put to it, mm-hmm. your hit points basically start counting down. Your hit points are always on a little turn wheel. So if you're at 75 hit points and you're fighting a boss and that boss does a critical and bam, hits you for 97 hit points, you don't just go zero dead. Your hit points start ticking down. 
pretty quick, but they start rolling down 98 or 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, all the way down. If you happen to do, I, I, I think it's a cure. I think if you just cure them instead of just reviving them, if you catch it before they pat, they, they get all the way down, you can basically keep them in the fight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. A little mechanic like that I can enjoy. Um, there's so much charm that other people love about this game that me, it's just whatever. Uh, this is really, they try to really set to set this game in like a, a more realistic ish, modern ish, uh, setting. And again, this is, we're talking like, you know, eight and 16 bit graphics here. It's not going to blow your mind with Grand Theft Auto 5 graphics, but <laughs> they used, I mean, it's, it's kids that are, playing through this game that are playing through this adventure and you know they're dealing with aliens they're dealing with real life problems yada yada and again i I could just go on about this but i feel like i'm just doing it more of a uh, disservice uh just for, for for the fans out there that love this game and this series hats off to you keep signing your petitions keep banging on nintendo's door uh get your games made and I'm happy for you when another mother game gets announced. But for me, I'm just I'm just cheering you on. It's best I can do for you. Uh, Earthworm Jim multi-platform release. Man, another game that was that's just like, what is this? And then you yeah. play it and you have a damn good time. <laughs> so Earthworm Jim has a wacky little story where a a, a spacesuit falls from the from space, lands on an earthworm. Earthworm gets superpowers. Now he's, <laughs> he walks around bipedal, shoots weapons. Uh, the body can pull Earth can pull Jim out and swing Jim like he's a whip. You can whip <laughs> enemies. You can use his head to grapple on the hooks and swing around. There's uh, his one of his arch enemies is a crow that apparently also had a suit and his name is Psycho. There's a uh, dog that's a puppy. He's just a harmless little puppy. Uh, this is another, but if he gets too much damage, he turns into this ferocious freaking dog that'll maul you and maul you and kill you. Oh man, just okay. Again, I mentioned this before in another episode, but I, I'm that asshole that when you tell me that's just a bunch of random shit thrown together, that that's supposed to be cool, I yawn at that stuff. Well, Earthworm Jim did random wacky shit before that random wacky shit was a thing. Uh, I don't remember this wacky zany shit from when I was a kid. And the the more you progress through this game, the more crazy shit they throw at you. And it's so out of nowhere. I specifically remember being on a level, and this may have actually been Earthworm Jim 2 now that I think about it, but I remember being on a level... And seeing a cow <laughs> for, okay, so what's a cow doing in the game? No reason, but there's a cow and he's on like a, a, a lever and there's a weight on the other side of the platform of the lever just hanging there. I shot the freaking string that was holding it, to, holding it up there. The weight fell, launched the cow into the sky and that's it. <laughs> so what the fuck did, the fuck did I just do? And then later in the game, that pays off. But you just do that. Mm -hmm. And it tells you, cow launched. And you're like, what? Did, did I just open a door? <laughs> Was that a secret? I don't know. Why the fuck did I launch a cow? That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of humor this game brings to you. 
Uh, this was the first one in the series. Uh, it went on to have a sequel, went on to have a 3D sequel as well, which I don't, I don't think it turned out too well. Also had a, uh, Saturday morning esque, Saturday morning esque cartoon, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. Earthworm Jim, something, something, something. I forget, I forget how it goes. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, this was another game in that era, kind of around that time, especially on Sega, just silly games. You yeah. Know, it wasn't. And- trying to be anything super crazy i mean in a uh like mechanic graphic you know they didn't they just made a fun game yeah and i found it very fun not only in the humor and the style of the game but i mean the gameplay was all the game was actually fun i enjoyed it went all the way through it a couple times had its challenging levels, had its funny levels, uh, just all around good. I think if you stick with the first two, you'll definitely find some charm. Definitely good games. Uh, Echo, the Tides of Time. Chris, this one's on you. Yeah, so we talked about Echo before. Um, looking through this, this is the one I was actually talking about where I played it. I own it. Still have it probably, I'm sure. Um, I, I had no idea what was going on. Um, I thought I was, you know, we talked about the Sega one. This is the one I was actually talking about because I literally got to a point where I was bashing my dolphin's nose against the wall because I had no <laughs> idea what to do. I can hear that sound. Yeah. I was like, I, I should be doing something. I know there's an objective somewhere. What am I supposed to be doing? So this is like, all right, let yeah. me bash against every surface and hope something happens. Let me jump into the sky everywhere and hope something happens. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Nothing happened. Well, I guess I'll try again another day. Um, I don't know how much time I put into this game, but it is not a good ratio to how far I got. I'm really trying to think if I played this one specifically. I remember I played the first one with you. You owned the first one, didn't you? Or this did is Andy the only one it? I owned. Okay, so I definitely remember a Echo the Dolphin, but I don't think I ever actually played this one. So even from a, yeah, I remember playing it, I I don't have that here. (laughs) Still, for what it was, unique design. Again, like I mentioned in the first Echo, this is you just wouldn't think that this is something that would work or even be interesting. You play as a dolphin. It actually worked. (laughs) Uh... I think we can skip over this F, Chris. What do you think? <laughs> I think we can just shut, shut. Fuck no, we're not skipping over this one. Now, sorry, right. take a nap Final, and just let you go. Shut, well, <laughs> Final Fantasy VI uh, here in the states. Final Fantasy III was released this year. I I could I really could Chris spend a good 10 15 minutes here doing this game an injustice by gushing over it and talking about it. We on the end of time cast as a whole have talked about this game numerous times. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned it in the top Super Nintendo episode, top top Super Nintendo games episode. We've mentioned it in top RPG episode. We've mentioned it in a uh I think there was an episode where we did uh Final we Fantasy did a, a look yeah, we did a Final Fantasy series in review. There is an episode where we looked at top 100 RPG lists from IGN and GameSpot, I think. Ah, for uh, Game Informer. Uh, so, uh, folks, I, I'm not going to spend all this time again. I can't. Uh, it's it's going to start getting repetitive at this point. But <laughs> needless to say, Final Fantasy VI... 
arguably this is something me and Adam could uh, we we've done it before. We've had almost we spent almost an entire day debating this friendly, mind you, but we have debated what is the better RPG of all time, Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger. The fact alone, folks, that I'm said that I said that sentence to you. If you have not played this RPG, if you truly want a good, solid, core RPG feel, this is where that game is. The graphics, the music, the battle system, the Esper system, the story, the and I mean all aspects of the story. Main story, side quests, the big twist in the middle of the game, the crescendo at the end of the game, the way they handle the credits... Everything about this game, uh, it it becomes almost tooth pulling for me to find bad qualities about this game. Uh, if you if you if you want the masterpiece, if you want th- this is like this is the five hundred dollar stake of video games. This is the this is the thousand dollar stake of RPGs, hands down. And it was released this year. Uh, a a paramount testament to squaresoft uh what it was back in the day great rpg came out this year uh also came out this year in the arcades and i it just just so happened around the same time as the super nintendo release uh i just happened to keep these two almost in the same mental mental pocket uh killer instinct came out this year for the arcade uh i Never got to play the arcade version, Chris, until like my later, later years. Uh, I played the Super Nintendo version because I borrowed it. So I had a friend that had Killer Instinct and Final Fantasy 3 at the same exact time. And he was super generous to let me borrow them. He's like, I'll let you borrow both of them. I don't care. But I want to play them both and find out. And I don't think he got them at release time, of course. He just got them around the same time, and he got Killer Instinct first. He played Killer Instinct, and he would come to school and tell me how cool it was. I knew how (laughs) cool Killer Instinct was, because I had a Game Pro that I read Mm -hmm. 4,000 freaking times, looking at Saber Wolf and Folgor, and looking at the move lists and all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, I mean, when I get, when I get Final Fantasy 3 in, I'll let you play, I'll let you borrow. Well, let me borrow Killer Instinct. And he was like, and then he came in and started telling me about Final Fantasy three, and I'm playing Killer Instinct and I'm really enjoying it for the Super Nintendo. But he keeps telling me about Final Fantasy three, and he's like, "I'll let you borrow Final Fantasy three sometime, but it's an RPG. I don't know when I'm ever going to be done with it." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "So, just a just a fun little fact about me. I had these two mentally in the same picture, but." As far as Killer Instinct goes this year, this is the arcade release. Man, what a what a great arcade game though. What a great fighting game. Uh, definitely grew over the years. Uh I didn't really care too much for Killer Instinct Gold, mainly because they swapped the moves up for almost every character. The Killer Instinct uh re-release in 2015 or 16. Oh my god. I mean, they mm-hmm. brought uh, just they brought Mick Gordon back into making this music. That alone should shut people up. Like, that game is so good. But Killer Instinct in the Arcade, uh, 3D sprites, again, uh, Polygon, not not Polygon, 3D sprite graphics, uh, kick-ass fucking music, man. Fairly easy to get into. 
Uh, I mean, typical fighting game in that style. You know, you get to you get to the later stages. You get to fi- uh, you get to Spinal slash Goro. You're getting your ass kicked. You get to uh, Idol slash Shang Tsung. You're getting your ass kicked even harder. But uh, I mean, you come on, man. You play as a, you play as a raptor, as a werewolf, as a robot, <laughs> as a as a, a man on fire, a a, a an ice man, uh, so on and so forth. I love this series. This is for me one of this. This probably is my absolute favorite series of all time, and I I definitely will admit that it is the it is the most played uh arcade game of all for me mainly because i'm counting the super nintendo so i'm gonna say my my most played fighting game uh eventually over time i actually bought the killer instinct super nintendo game off that guy and i played it man way too much i played this game so much that i kept progressing up through the difficulties and i beat it even on the highest difficulty now i know for most fighting game people out there they're like huh that's like baby steps you gotta do that but for me who you know, it's not a master at fighting games. Sure. That was a big deal. So, uh, definitely good game. Arcade or Super Nintendo. I mean, again, if all you have was Super Nintendo, it's fine. But, come on, man. You buy the Super Nintendo version, they give you the Killer Cuts music CD with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Kirby's Dream Course. This is another game that I never personally played, but I've watched the game Grumps play it. I think some fans actually have a Grumps Dream Course, uh, made. It was like a mod made specifically for those guys. Uh, I never played this game. I'll totally admit that, but it's a Kirby game and just shows you more, more ways that Kirby was branching off. It's, it's now basically a mini golf style game. Pretty fun. Pretty interesting. Uh, Lunar Eternal Blue. Yep. So, for those that don't know, um, the predecessor to this game, uh, Lunar Silver Star, uh, original Sega CD version, not the PlayStation. Get out of here. Um, this is a sequel to it. Uh, they changed things up a little bit. Um, as far as mechanics, they overall, you kind of have the same system with magic and abilities. Uh, it was they I'm trying to think of how to put this. They did change up how the magic system worked. Um, I do prefer Silver Star's uh, system more uh, overall, and prefer the game. Uh, but still, very solid RPG. Uh, still worth playing to this day, um, if you can. Um, I. I'd have to go back and play again. It's been so long now. I can't remember if the PlayStation uh, version of this one was as butchered as Silver Star, um, but I think it'd probably be okay if you uh, were able to get a hold to the PlayStation version instead of Sega CD. Was this one that came out? So r- remind me again of Lunar Lunar Silver Star Story was just the first Lunar remastered and that's it, correct? Yeah, but they released both games. They did Silver Star Story Complete and then Eternal Blue Complete. Uh, okay, okay. All right. And then there's the PSP Next. versions, of course. Right, right. Mega Man Soccer. Well, let's just, just go ahead and just wrap these all up in the Mega Man section that we know is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Mega Man Soccer. I've only played this game one time, and that was for my uh, Mega Man 25th anniversary month-long playthrough. Uh, 
I mean, I don't, I don't watch soccer. This, I would honestly say, I would think my wife would have more fun playing this than me because she actually enjoys soccer. So, I try my best to play it. It's just soccer with Mega Man characters in it. Uh, they have some power ups, I'm assuming, stuff like that. But I, I was like, oh, okay, I played it. Move on with life. <laughs> Uh, Mega Man 5 for the Game Boy. I've made mention. I've, I've only played the Game Boy games one time, each one of them. Uh, and that was also for the 25th anniversary thing that I did. The Mega Man games for the Game Boy are definitely, uh, definitely difficult. They're, they're noted for being difficult. And they, but they also, much like the NES, uh, their NES main counterparts they you could see as you progress through the game boy titles how they also advance their mechanics like getting new items new weapon types uh do level variations stuff like that and at this point they've had five of them so you know i played it it was cool uh mega man x2 for the super nintendo i gotta tell you chris there's actually points in my life where i have to sit down and have serious personal mental debates <laughs> of which mega man x i think is the better mega man x or mega man x2 that alone should tell people that uh, if you haven't ventured past the original mega man x you should I would say uh, Mega Man X and Mega Man X Two are definitely you should play them side by side. Mega Man X Three you're gonna get you're gonna get a little bit different taste. Mega Man Four is gonna blow your face off because you can play as Mega Man X and Zero. Five and Six, yeah, you, you're okay without those. <laughs> but specifically Mega Man X Two, you could see where more innovation was coming in. They were they were getting into the uh, there are enemies that and and stage uh, elements that have to deal with the wireframe design, so to speak. Uh, you can see how the graphics were upgraded just a bit. The, the the ride armor mechanic from the first game gets upgraded in here, where you have uh, a couple different types of ride armors you can ride around in. Very cool. Uh, you get another super power up in this game. In this game, you get the Shoryuken. Uh, if you remember the secret for the first Mega Man X was that you get the Hadouken. Uh, I wish I could tell you all the reasons why. I don't know. I just, I, the music might be a big part of it too, but I really enjoy both of these games, Mega Man X and Mega Man X2. I think, uh, the second one is definitely a solid sequel in this, in the series. And yeah, definitely worth a play came out this year and then Mega Man uh, the Wily Wars I didn't this is another one of those games I didn't even know about until my uh, mid to late 20s this was uh, released for the Mega Drive it has a kind of an ensemble of Mega Man bosses all together and I played through it as well uh, for my Mega Man 25th just to say I played it because I never even knew about this game until so late in my life but yeah it's cool another Mega Man game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, another multi-platformer. This is a side-scrolling beat-em-up Power Rangers game. Uh, I think in this game, if you got, I think you, I don't know if you could morph at any time or if there was like a power-up you could get. But I do remember you playing as the kids, and then you could morph into the Power Rangers. Yes, and. I, uh, just to be clear, you're talking about multi-plat. This is not the same one that released on Sega CD. Right. Right. Uh, but this is a side-scrolling beat-em-up, though. Yeah? 
Yeah, the this one is you're the talking arcade-y. about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one released on Super Nintendo, Genesis, Game Gear, and Game Boy, apparently. Yeah. Um, the one I'm referring to that I owned for uh, Sega CD, <laughs> it was a uh, basically quick time game. Oh. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. Good timing. Um, per- perfect timing there, Peppy. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, uh, General Pepper? Sorry. So, uh, the Sega City one was basically like, um, essentially FMV. It was footage from uh, episodes of the TV show. Uh, and you had quick time events that determined whether your attacks were successful or not. Um, so, like, you'd go to attack enemies or whatnot, and you'd have to press the button in time. If you did, then, you know, you hit the enemy and you progressed. But if not, it'd cut to a scene of, like, your ranger getting knocked over and stuff and falling on the ground, and you had to go back and retry. Hmm. It was... It was terrible. But as a kid, I, I was okay. But looking yeah. back, it was terrible. So I have a piece of late breaking news for you, Chris. Okay. Uh, this is a just to put a quick pause on our ninety-four review. This is live. <laughs> this is live right now. Um. Apparently, the digital order of Spider-Man for me did not get canceled. And I'm pretty sure I canceled it because I bought it on the PlayStation 4. So, I think I have two copies of Spider-Man right now. (laughs) And if that's true, it's like you might be playing Spider-Man pretty soon. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how uh, Amazon's return policy works. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The game is not even freaking released yet, so I don't know why I'd even be charged for it yet, but... Like I told you, man, I seem to be having way too many issues with pre-orders and all that shit. And this is yet another one. Like, I could have swore I canceled every pre-order I could find. Uh, and I went and purchased the actual one for the PlayStation, from the PlayStation Store. But mm-hmm. it's got a text saying, hey, man, you're, uh, you've just been charged, bruh. <laughs> so if that turns out to be true and I can't release this somehow, I'm going to just pass that code right to you. And you can give it to charity for all I care. No, don't give it to charity. I want you to play the damn game. Yeah. Uh, back on track. As I find the page that I have now lost, the next game is going to be Primal Rage for the arcade. Again, another another out there arcade fighting game. This one you're playing as prehistoric animals, uh, T Rexes, giant apes, uh, venomous snake bipedal monsters Eh, i mean again for an out there fighting game it is what it is i don't remember the fighting mechanics in this game being all that great i think the gimmick was just the fact that you were basically playing as dinosaurs that's that's what drew people in i think i remember seeing this i don't know if i ever played it maybe more than once maybe i played it yeah uh interesting yeah I want to say, I need to look it up right now just to make sure. I want to say this game had a Super Nintendo release. Uh, and I think. It had a lot of releases. I, 
Yeah, I think that watered down. Yes, I see. Yep, because I got the ape on the cover. I think that very watered down version was the first version I ever played. Um, I don't remember being it being that good. Not because it was a watered down uh, console port, but just I, I. I think even after the fact, I think th- there there is a arcade emulator out there. I can't remember. Was it Mame? Yeah. Yeah, Mame. Uh, I think I played it on Mame, God, almost a decade ago, and I just remember the mechanics being very odd. Again, I, I even when this game was in its prime back in the arcade days, I always felt the gimmick was drawing people in more than the you know the combos and whatnot. So, also another game that drew people in, I feel, just because of the gimmick. Uh, Revolution X was released this year. I remember this one being a big hit because our uh, Aerosmith did the music and they kind of guest starred all throughout the game. Like they were like, hey, we're Aerosmith. You got to kill these fuckers to help us progress. <laughs> uh, it had a, it had a big uh, force feedback machine gun. On, I think two of them. I think it was a, it was a co-op game as well. Yeah, I remember seeing in the arcades. Put a few quarters in it. Pretty cool. The Aerosmith was either... It was give or take for me. It was just shooting shit up was pretty cool. Shaq Fu released this year. This game has such a cult following, and I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I think it's so undeserved. Uh, I do admit playing this game back in the day, borrowing it from a friend, feeling like I had a good time with it, but again, with it being a fighting game, uh, it, it just never rivaled anything for me like you know, Killer Instinct or, or playing Street Fighter with Chris. So I played it for quite a few hours. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's not that good. It's really not. I feel like this is one of those games where I see where they were going, mm-hmm. but I also feel like Shaq was just kind of thrown in there. Like, I feel like Shaq walked into some company was like, hey, uh, what's this game? That's a fighting game with, you know, mummies and uh, this guy in a cloak. And, oh, put me in. (laughs) So it's the worst Shaq impression ever. Uh, Yeah, I I just felt like people should know that Shaq got his own fighting game and it was released this year. Shin Megami Tensei 2, I don't I, I don't know if I mentioned Shin Megami Tensei 1 when it was released. That's partially my fault also for only just really getting further into the Shin Megami Tensei series. Yeah. From what I understand now, and please, audience, correct me where I'm wrong, Shin Megami Tensei is the main series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spinoffs are Digital Devil Saga and Persona. So... The fact that I play Persona, I haven't actually played the actual Shin Megami Tensei series. I've never, I haven't played any Digital Devil, Devil Saga, and I haven't played any original SMT either. So uh, there was also uh, Shin Megami Tensei F was also released this year. I didn't put that on here, but that's just two games that uh, in the in the SMT series that were released. Don't know how good they are. Uh, I wish I could tell you some more about them, but I don't know. All of my SMT series information is going to come straight from Persona 5 and Persona 4 mm-hmm. only. So just felt like people should know that if I'm guessing SMT 1 came out in 92, maybe even 93, but that's how that's how far back this series goes. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know how I didn't know how far this shit's come from. 
sort of an unknown game here. Might as well talk about both of them at the same damn time. But Sonic the Hedgehog 3 came out this year and Sonic and Knuckles. Very important with Sonic and Knuckles is you could take Sonic 2 and or Sonic, well, yeah, and or Sonic 3, stick it on the Sonic and Knuckles cart, and you could play as Knuckles respectively in those two games. Sonic and Knuckles, you could play on its own, and it had all its own levels, its own little story, its own character stuff involved, and Knuckles is in it. So, man, this right here, mm, prime kid shit right here, man, I'm telling you. I know yeah. you and I both remember many hours playing this game, both of oh, them, yeah. and combinations of... Yeah, it was, uh, once, once I played as Knuckles, it was over. I was yep. like, this changes Sonic completely. I, mm-hmm. why would I play as Sonic and be <laughs> limited to, you know, normal jumps when I could literally fly or glide, but, you know, fly yep. around the levels instead? Couldn't compare. Breaking rocks and getting into new areas. Oh, mm-hmm. Such a good stuff, man. Such good stuff. Uh,. I, I, again, this is another one of those games where I feel like we've talked a lot before, so sorry if we just seem like we're glazing over these two very yeah. high-profile, iconic Sonic games, but they are very good in both of their respects, and it is it was very awesome. This is something you just don't... I mean, I guess DLC today would be in a, a, a New Age equivalent, but yeah. you have if to imagine... You, uh... Go ahead. Uh, you, know, you first. I was going to say... Uh... You know, for our audience, if you want to hear us talk about this more, I'm pretty sure episode 23, the top 10 Genesis games, is where it is uh, mentioned. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, just the general idea of having a main game and then having another game coming after it where you play as a whole different character and basically his own game. And then you can take that first game and t- attach it on to the new game and mm-hmm. play as the new character in an old game. Uh, and you could you could definitely see in Sonic Three as well that this was going to happen that way. I mean, there were obviously giant rocks built into the level that you you couldn't do anything less with unless mm-hmm. you were Knuckles. Like I, I like that. It's so fucking cool, man. Great yeah. time to be alive back in those days. Uh, two games that again these are on my radar to play. I haven't personally played them. I remember watching reviews of them back in the day. I think the Happy Video Game Nerd was one of the first first ones that introduced me to these two. Had seen several articles about them in magazines. Had seen uh, like screenshots and map overlays and all that, but never played it yet. And I will one day because it is a platformer. Uh, Sparkster for the Super Nintendo and Sparkster Rocket Knight Adventures 2 for the Genesis. I think these are both sequels. I think Rocket Knight Adventures is the original game, uh, and Sparkster is the sequel, basically. I haven't mm-hmm. played any of these, not even the remake. I heard the remake was really good as well. But the the mechanic in these is that he has a rocket, and you can use the rocket to propel you around the level. You have a meter with basically, a, it's basically a fuel meter. So you can propel yourself in a direction or two 
until the fuel runs out. So it adds more mobility to the level. Very interesting sure. level designs, and, uh, boss designs, etc., etc. Good music too. I remember from watching the, the trailers. Uh, sorry, the reviews. So def- both uh, all the Rocket games I've, I've I've been meaning to get around to. They are just another another game or two, another series that's on oh, my, my backbone. Back, back, back. <laughs> I will get to them someday. I really will. Um, I keep losing my list. I'm like taking twenty thousand notes at the same time, and I keep losing mm-hmm. my list. Spider Man and Venom. Spider Man and Venom. Uh, Maximum Carnage. Just want to put this on there because I've read, a lot, I've seen a lot of stuff about it. Side scrolling, beat 'em up. Which Spider Man is, is is good stuff, man. Uh, I wish I I have yet to play it. Just wanted to put it on here because I've seen it. It's noteworthy. Good game. Uh, Streets of Rage three, Chris. Yeah. So we talked about these before a little bit. Uh, uh, I think it was Adam who said that two was the best out of the series. Um, he's wrong. Uh, three's better. Uh, it's a side-scrolling beat him up. Yeah, well, he's not here to defend himself, you know. I just Chris just flat out uh, wrong. I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I and I actually uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, really? Interesting, you know. And I'd only played three, so fair enough. I played one, two, and three. Um, again, all for at least, I think like an hour to two hours each. And I had the most fun on three. Uh, three is the most mechanically solid one, uh, mm-hmm. I think, um, and is actually playable. Um, you don't feel like you have to die against the boss to beat them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an odd way of doing it. Um, but just focusing on Streets of Rage 3, uh, as I've said, it's a, it's a huge improvement over the previous ones. Um, side scrolling beat them up. You have uh, three to four characters. I think it's four if you count the secret ones uh, that you can choose from. The levels are, I mean, they're side scrolling levels. There's not much uh, to really expect from there. You know, it's not a uh, battle toads with changing the level up on you every time. It's just a side scrolling beat them up. Uh, yeah. It's a solid game. I yeah, and only quiet because I haven't played any of the Streets of Rages. I I feel ashamed. I should get around to them, but uh, see my last game or see my Sparkture games <laughs> for more information on. Yeah, yeah. And Stuck. if you want to play them, uh, the on Steam you can get the there's it's like Sega Master Collection or something like that. Mm-hmm. It has like sixty Sega Genesis games. And it has wow. all three of the Streets of Rage in it. So, nice. I mean, it's not hard to play. <laughs> there is... I'm going to pull up my Steam real quick. There is a... I want to say it's a Sega... I have a Sega Mega, Gen- Sega Mega Drive Classics and Sega Genesis Classics game. Yeah. Might That's be in it. that. Oh, yeah. Um, so... So now I have no excuse. Now I just need, yeah. I need, to, <laughs> I just need to do it. Yep, do your homework. Um, all right, well, uh, tell you what, Streets of Rage games, uh, take a fucking ticket and get in line. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Uh, Stunt Race FX. This is a racing game that I borrowed from a friend back in high school. Uh, has that, um, 
those uh, polygon Star Fox esque graphics for what it was. I enjoyed it. Uh, unique little cutesy character uh, car designs. Uh, I don't know why it could have been just, it just happened to be another game that somebody let me borrow and I had nothing else to play and I, I played this game a lot and I remember playing it and I figured I'd give it a good shout out here because obviously the bigger shout out goes to Super Metroid which is the next <laughs> game on this list uh, as I mentioned before in this very episode yep. pinnacle high point uh, textbook example of super of a metroidvania style gameplay that is known to this day again i know that there's an audience out there that hates the term metroidvania for various reasons i really don't care i use it because when you say that people know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. instead of having to say you go through a level you come to a door you can't get through the door you backtrack you get to a ledge you can't jump on you go to another area you find a key to get to the door yeah so of saying all that when you say metroidvania you understand what you're getting through you're getting uh level traversal large maps that are blocked off and require some backtracking some intuitive puzzling maybe uh some uh platforming maneuverability bosses to kill power-ups to pick up all that first really really good ones right here admittedly metroid for the nintendo did the same thing arguably super uh uh, metroid 2 samus returns for the game boy also did it and there are several games in and around this series but this game right here is great this is another hallmark uh platinum style nintendo game for the super nintendo still my favorite console of all time uh, one thing that this game does really well that so many games try to do differently, and I mentioned this with Iconoclast as well, is that they keep, this is a game that didn't require a lot of dialogue. It didn't require a ton of story. It mm-hmm. told its story fairly subtly and still told it very well. And that's what that dark, we'll say isolationist atmosphere is what sells me on this. It's kind of the same way, kind of the same feeling that I get with, uh, with, Hollow Knight, excuse me. Kind of the aspect that I like to get from all these games is that you're stuck in these large worlds and you have to figure out how to survive and get through. Great graphics, great music, great story, especially for the minimalistic way that it was told. Uh, Many power-ups, secret hidden areas, great boss fights, enemy designs all the way around. Definitely up there in the masterpiece level of uh, Metroidvania's uh, and definitely up there in the Super Nintendo games as well. Yeah. Super Punch Out. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. Have you played Super Metroid? Uh, I feel like I feel like I'm sorry. I feel like I've blown through a lot of these titles and not been asking your opinions, but I've kind of been following nah. the color code I see here yeah. too. So. Yep. I mean, that's exactly why I color code them. So you know, we save a little time. You know, wondering who played what. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I. I played a little bit of Super Metroid, um, but I never actually sat down to play play it. Yeah. Um, it's one of those games I think I loaded up on emulator once and tried it a little bit and then moved on, you know, because I was trying like 100 Super Nintendo games. <laughs> right, right. Understand. one of those sessions. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I and I've watched speedruns of it. I, I love oh, watching yeah. uh, speedruns of it because it's so, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The movement is mm-hmm. so specific and so mm-hmm. fine yep. that when you watch a high-level speedrun of it, it is insane. Yes. 
Yes. And another quick side note on this is when you ever, when you ever get a chance to watch, uh, GDQs of any, of any sort, whenever you hear the save or kill the animals, Metroid is where that comes from, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, just all kind of, all kind of good stuff around the, around Super Metroid. So, uh, Super Punch Out, Super Nintendo game. This was, this is something else I didn't realize till later in my life that so many of the Punch Out games were arcade games. Uh, this one as well was an arcade game, but I've only ever played console games. I only ever played Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and I only ever played Super Punch Out. I played the Wii one as well, but this was the Super Nintendo game released back in 1994. I love this game. Uh, I don't watch boxing in real life. I'm I'm very much more in MMA, if anything. Hmm. But the this is more of a I'd almost equate this to puzzle to puzzles. Uh, it's 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 puzzles. It's figuring out how to how to uh, defeat your opponents. Every opponent you run into has a different fighting style, and you have to figure out how to, you know, when to dock, when to duck, when to dodge, when to evade, when to counter. You can, if uh, if you time things uh, perfectly. You can get basically power ups that let you do super punches. All the enemies have their own unique theme, their own unique style, and you progress up the ladder of of of, of uh, fighting these opponents one on one till you get to the last one and beat them. And it's a very triumphant for the the graphics, the music, the action, all of it. It's surprisingly for a boxing simulation style arcadey feel game. Very good. Spent a lot of time with it. Uh, fun story about this game. The person who I borrowed it from, I think he had a record for, I want to say it was Glass uh, Glass Joe, which was the very first. I don't even think he was Glass Joe. I think Glass Joe was the, I want to say that was the Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, he was the very first boxer in the game. I want Glass, Glass Jaw. Gla- I, th- I want to say it was Glass Joe. <laughs> I, I I don't know why I'm focusing on this guy because he fucking sucks. Yeah, it was it was glass. So Mike Tyson's punch out had glass Joe, and I guess the super punch out. Well, no, that was a super. Fuck it, first guy in the game. Damn it, somebody can somebody can well actually me. It's fine. Uh, anyway, when he let me borrow the game, he had a record on there of like 16 seconds or something. And he, I mean, this guy is a fucking. This guy is a joke. You know, he's he's meant to be the first fighter you ever fought, fight against. I think he even had some personal trivia where it was like he was the only person to ever knock out somebody. I think his record was like one in 60, like one win, 65 losses or something. <laughs> and I think he knocked out somebody very important. Somebody, I have to go look it up. Anyway, anyway, this let me borrow his game, and he had like a 16 seconds. And when I got the game, I was like, "Come on, man, he's the easiest fighter in the game." And then I, I was like, "Man, how did you do that?" And I spent not a long, long amount of time, not not a, a several days, but a pretty good amount of time fighting this this one fucking guy repeatedly. <laughs> uh, Gabby J was his name, by the way, and. I eventually got this fucker down to where I could beat. I think I beat him in nine, like nine and nine and a half seconds or something. And I remember giving, I remember because it had save files because you could Mm -hmm. save your, your progress through the tiers. And I remember giving him that game back 
and telling him to go home and take a look at my records because that that was just him. I had gotten first place on many, many, many records. I think I made it a point to get first place on all of them. I think some of the first place records were actually held by uh, Nintendo uh, producers and directors and stuff. Anyway, I told him to take it home and check out my record, and he came to school the next day fucking pissed. He's like, how the fuck did you do that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just did it. I was like, did you erase it? No, I don't want to be mean, but uh, he was so mad because I beat his beat his little record. Uh, anyway, good, good arcade boxing game. Enjoyed it. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the arcade. Insert generic street fighter comment yeah. here i mean it's another i didn't fighting. put on my list because i was like yeah we talked about it like yeah. the last two years right taz in escape from mars yeah so talked about earlier this is the sega genesis or this is the you know era of fun little games especially on the sega uh this was a um not I was trying to look for an actual identifier on what they classify as. I think it was a uh, platformer, um, but it's Taz. So you're jumping, spinning, you know, making all the Taz sounds. Uh, it's just a fun time. Silly mm-hmm. little game. Uh, you know, these type of games, this Booger Man, Earthworm Jim, and a slew of other ones, they were just there to be fun. Um Beating the game or not didn't really matter. Uh, it was all about the you know fun you had along the way. This one is certainly one of them. Cool, cool. Uh, Warcraft, orcs and humans. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Silicon and Synapse getting uh, renamed to Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, this is one of their one of their early titles right here, uh, Warcraft, the original Warcraft. Mm-hmm. This is another one that I admit uh, I played Warcraft three. That was my first and well, arguably only Warcraft ever. I think I think I vaguely remember uh, buying Warcraft two, and it being like super cheap, like two or three bucks. Because I bought it so late in my life and playing it was like, oh no, I think I played that after Warcraft 3. So I was like, whoa, God, <laughs> whoa, so different. But, uh, and it, so that being said, I also know very little about the original Warcraft. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a real time strategy esque. Felt like it was more tile based when I played Warcraft 2, but that could be totally wrong. Uh, um, in any event, go ahead. Yeah, I was trying to think. Um, it is a RTS, but I think it is more tiled based for those games. Um, yeah, which isn't necessarily uncommon for uh, RTSs. Yeah, yeah. Um, depending on kind of what kind of genre they fall into, it certainly got away from it with the three. Yeah, but uh, this one at least looks like that. I never played. I only played three as well. Um, it's the start of an empire. Yeah. It's, again, just pretty jarring for me going from Warcraft 3 back to Warcraft 2. This is, again, more to my oh, yeah. argument of I could understand going back a generation and or, you know, going back to an older game and just being like, oh, I just couldn't do it. This was understandable because <laughs> this is one of the earlier versions that happened to me. I went from Warcraft 3 to Warcraft 2 and was like, ah, oh, so 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and this was, I think Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 were around the same graphic style, the same kind of engine and all that. So, in any event, the from what I understand, from what I gather from World of Warcraft aficionados, is that Blizzard's been pretty good about putting Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 uh, lore into World of Warcraft. So I, mm-hmm. again, I think that's totally awesome. Final Fantasy, uh, 14 does this as well. They're very good about incorporating entire games into basically, uh, expansions. Uh, so good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of going back, um, you kind of skipped a couple. Did I? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I don't know why I, I did that. I think you're just but- focusing on the green. I think so, yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. This is uh, multi-plat in kind of, sort of. I think it has a Mega Mega Drive version and a NES version. Such a weird combo right there. But I only play the SNES version. Uh, come on, man. It's a fighting game with Ninja Turtles in it. Of course, I'm all over that shit. You could also play it. Uh, I think you could fight and fight and play as a shredder. They all kind of, uh, uh, 80s cartoon 80s turtles cartoon characters are in here and a couple of original characters as well uh i've played this game more than i ever should have i love the music (laughs) i love the characters i love so much about this it's not the greatest fighting game in the world and that's okay uh just the charm of this game always appealed to me that super nintendo music I can still hear most of it in my head. Uh, I have some of the characters' sound effects on my phone as uh, uh, text message notifications. You might have heard it on some of these episodes going by. But was never the greatest at it, uh, as I've never been great at any fighting game. But just the fact that it was a fighting game with the Ninja Turtles and the stylized way they did this game, I enjoyed it. Put lots, lots of hours into this game and still enjoy it to this day. So this is interesting. I'm looking at the wiki page for it. Yeah, the layout for this wiki page was definitely odd, but... Yeah, yeah, but what really caught me is that the SNES version released in 93, but the Nintendo version released in 94. Huh. It's not often you see a game backported, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. It's very odd. Very uh more breaking news chris yeah apparently i'm just kind of stuck with this uh <laughs> looks like you'll be getting a playstation 4 code here pretty soon there bro <laughs> looks, right. looks like you have no choice you will be playing spider and i wish i could give it to you now so you could start pre-downloading but it, i it's a they they're gonna email me the code when the game actually drops yeah so cool for you <laughs> yeah uh, Virtua Cop, another arcade release and a very cool and fun arcade yeah. release. This is a light gun arcade shooter, uh, on rails for the story, mind you, but the gameplay, you actually physically had a gun in your hand, mm-hmm. uh, had a reload function. You shoot off the screen and reload, but I think Time Cop, I mean, a uh, Virtua Cop was, was, Time Crisis and Virtual Cop, two separate games. Did yeah. Virtual Cop have the one where you sh- you stood on a pedal to make yourself duck, or was that? I think ah. so. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm looking at pictures. 
I will yeah. totally admit that I played Time Crisis and House of the Dead way. I don't even know if oh, I yeah. ever actually played Virtual Cop. Um, I, I know I did. I even played it on Saturn. Um, Andy had it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's those games just all together. That was a fun time. I made sure to play them every single time I went to the arcade. I still. If I, I haven't been to an arcade in a while, but I'm pretty sure the last time I went to one that had a machine like that, I played it. Yeah. Yep. Arcade, man. Another episode we could totally have, but yeah. The f- fun times right there, man. Anytime you can play that game with two people, it's always good. Always good. Uh, so now that I'm back on track, we talked about Warcraft. Uh, Wario mm-hmm. Land, Super Mario Land 3. The... This is another one of those weird type of series where you're going to go from one game and it's going to be one thing and you're going to go to another game and it's going to be way different slash better. <laughs> the original Super Mario Land, uh, thematically, controller-wise, etc., uh, gameplay-wise, just way, not really way different, just felt like a, a step down from the Mario games that you knew. When mm-hmm. you got to Super Mario Land 2 and 3 as well, much better in my opinion the sprites were bigger and better uh and i love wario land 2 and wario land uh sorry i love mario land 2 i love mario land 3 as well i like both of them side by side uh you you basically get to play as uh an antagonist in this game wario uh i think this was his first game that you played as wario but no i could be mistaken there uh, the the gameplay that you know from Super Mario Land 2, you're going to find here. It's just you're playing as Wario. So you're traveling around levels. It's side-scrolling, platforming. Uh, one of the hooks in this is that you can find treasures scattered throughout the levels. You can use those to unlock other areas, etc. Very good, man. These two, uh, Mario Land 2 and Mario Land 3 side-by-side side are great, great Game Boy platformer games. Uh... I think another hook for this game as well was the helmet uh, hats. I think you get different hats. This is something you could also get in, uh, I mean, as, as you would do in Mario. I think in Mario Land 2, you could get different power-ups. You could throw fireballs. You had uh, the bunny ears that let you float. And this one, you got, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was different hats. You got a hat that would let you breathe fire, a hat that would let you, like, ram into walls, stuff like that. So, very good Game Boy platform games, honestly. Uh, Wild Guns, another game that I've had to watch uh, vicariously. I haven't played it. I just know what it is. It is a uh, you're it's a it's a shmup, so to speak. But your characters are on the bottom of, are statically stationed on the bottom of the screen, and enemies and bosses and whatnot will come onto the screen, and you move a cursor around the screen and shoot them and kill them. You get power ups, so you get different weapon upgrades. Uh, you have multiple characters you can play as, uh, unique boss designs, unique boss mechanics. Uh, again, I never played it. I've just seen it played. Looks very fun. Uh, definitely an, a, a good entry for the Super Nintendo world. Uh, X-Men Children of the Atom fighting game released in the arcade. Oh man, this is the more of that more of the good uh X-Men uh slash Marvel arcade fighters. Uh yeah. Just Marvel characters in a fighting game. It's good stuff. 
X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. It's a side-scrolling platformer with X-Men characters. I play this one a lot as well. Good Capcom release right here. Uh, you can select, uh, I want to say there were five different characters you could select at, you can select to play as, and they all play in their own unique levels. They also all have their own unique X-Men powers, uh, powers involved. You know, like Wolverine has his claws, he can climb, climb walls, uh, uh, Cyclops, you know, he shoots a beam out of his eyes, yada, yada, yada. The, the platforming and action beat em up style combat in this game was very good. Uh, cool looking boss designs. Good. It's just all around pretty, pretty damn good game for a, for a Super Nintendo's, uh, beat em up with X-Men characters. And, uh, last, uh, just, uh, just to throw a mention out there, the NES wasn't done apparently because Zoda's Revenge Star Tropics 2 came out this year. Uh, we talked about Star Tropics just a tiny bit in the, the year of its release. Our, uh, sort of action RPG game released for the Nintendo. This is a sequel. I never played it, but apparently you got more of the same. And I just felt it was worth a mention also because Nintendo is still kicking at this time. So. Yeah, so I got that's... some. Uh, before we uh, start wrapping up, I got some uh, hot breaking news for you as well. Okay. Um, nothing about you know unfortunate pre orders not canceling. Yeah. Uh, but I did get an email that uh, Hellblade: The Newest Sacrifice, you know, the game that was on a lot of you know, uh, in the game of the year categories uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. last year. Uh huh. It is half off on Steam right now. It is fifteen oh, wow. bucks. Oh, wow. So nice. uh, I just went out and snagged that. <laughs> Good. I will. I will look forward to hearing you talk about that game. Uh, I, eventually. I yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> this it's fucking backlog getting even bigger. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we. That's kind of you know the approach we took with Persona Five. You know, it was a contender for Game of the Year everywhere, um, mm-hmm. and a game that's up there has to be worth playing. Um, now I believe Hellblade, it was, you know, a couple of the other, not really gameplay centric, but you know, it was music and something else. Um, it might've been actually been story related. Uh, but you know, I think it was in like two or three categories, which is still impressive regardless of what the categories are. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see when this countdown, <laughs> I used, I was going to a freaking uh, Spider-Man countdown thing and now it's telling me it's not available. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> Sony's PlayStation thing is getting over, overblown, but I'm going to say it gets released in about four hours, maybe even three. Should be three, uh, typically. Yep. Oh, I got it coming up. Here we go. Zero days. Two hours and fifty, so three hours from now. Okay, good. Hopefully, I won't be asleep by then, and I can at least email you the copy <laughs> of this freaking code. Um, go you. <laughs> uh, I have words with Amazon sometime soon. I could have swore I canceled that, but it's mm-hmm. what's it's fate telling you, Chris, that apparently you need to play this game game as well. <laughs> Well, yeah, there we go, folks. That was uh, our review of 1994. Uh, man, so many good games this year. Donkey Kong Country, Final Fantasy VI, Killer Instinct, uh, Super Metroid. I mean, this, again, for me, I guess between you and me, Chris, 
this is definitely another one of those banner years for me. Uh, so many good games come out uh, coming out in these in these nineties, and yeah, I enjoy doing real good. It's a yeah, yeah. Um, this is definitely the first year where some solid freaking Titanic mammoth powerhouse games are are, are coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for our review of 1994. Uh, what what? What games or notable news events of 1994 in the gaming world uh, did we not mention that you would like to talk about, audience? Uh, what what memories do you have of, of gaming at all in 94? Were you even born in, around this time? Were you even <laughs> able to play video games, you know? Uh, what notable things about 94 did you want to talk, discuss about? Hell, even anything that we actually brought up that you want to talk more on and shed more light on? Uh, and like maybe maybe Kirby's Dream Course was your game from that era, and that's you know it's got fond memories for you. So we'd love to hear anything you want to talk about that. Uh, are you hyped for the new Spider-Man game coming out? What games are you playing right now that you'd like to discuss? Uh, and anything else we talked about this year uh, or this episode of this year? Anything at all you want to talk about game related? We'd love to hear any and all feedback from you. Uh, and there's many ways you can get that feedback to us. We have a Facebook page, so you can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. You will find our page there, and it might be how you found this episode right here. Uh, I typically link all the episodes here as soon as I upload them, so uh, you'll at least get the notification that they're that they're hot and fresh if you're into that uh, hot, fresh podcast stuff. We also have an email address you can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com that's endoftimecast at gmail.com no funny numbers in there just spell it as you heard it we have a twitter page you can send us a, a twitter thing you can twit us we still haven't been twiddled yet but we'll get twitted one day <laughs> uh in many ways, get a hold of us. We love to hear any and all feedback, any questions, comments, improvements, things you like, don't like, whatever you, whatever you want to say, man. We love to hear from our audience. And yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>